The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 64 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Kalati at Gelati LOL. With me tonight, we have Josh Roberts at Roberts number 49. Good evening, y'all. And Chris Chung at Prime LOL. Hello, folks. Uh, we are without John George tonight. He had a you know real busy week this week, so he's going to be catching back up with us again next week. So we got a three-man crew tonight, and uh, we got a lot to get to. We've got all four all four regions midseason now, uh, full slates and all of them, so we'll be going into all of that. A couple things we wanted to go into tonight. We had a, uh, just a few listener questions we pulled from the, the Discord, the Esports Department Discord, and um, just to like, fill some space, we have a couple news pieces to get to, uh, and then I wanted to take a look at just how things are shaping up so far in all of the regions based on the line histories that I've been keeping up and you know tracking. So... Uh, that shouldn't take too long. So we have a couple of those things up top, and then we'll be getting into the slate as usual. So uh, anything else? You guys want to dive right into it? All right. Get it on. All right. Cool, cool. So uh, I think the, the biggest news yeah, – we'll, we'll just get the one that happened already out first, and then we'll talk news for this week. So all the, the 100 Thieves, Meteos kind of stuff happened last week after we recorded – obviously, because it was after the LCS and everything. So we uh, didn't really get a chance to talk about it. I know it's kind of been talked to death over the last few days as it is, but I figured we'd just bring it up and maybe share our thoughts on it. So I don't know, do either one, who wants to open up with this one? Oh, yeah, for, the, for, those, that don't, for those that don't know, uh, was it Meteos got released, correct? Is that what no, it was? Stunt, or no, he, he got Meteos got benched. benched. Stunt got released. Or no, he got benched. Right. Then, Both of them got benched first. Yes. And then he basically had this big, long outburst on Twitter, a couple deleted tweets. You know how it goes. Uh, clearly frustrated. Uh, they released a statement a couple days later. Oh, like, and then stu- they cut Stunt. Well, as far as I know, like, I don't think he's playing on the Academy team, right? Like he's just out. I keep hearing he's cut, but I, I wasn't able to. Stunt, no, Stunt tweeted he's cut. He's a uh, uh, streamer for now. Okay. So, and then that happened, and then Papa Smithy ended up releasing this statement about, you know, all the moves and why they're doing them that was honestly really awkward if you get a chance to watch it. Like, go go check it out. But, yeah, so, like, all this kind of happened rapid fire in, like, two days. And we haven't really had a chance to talk about it, even if everyone else has. So, like, I, just, you know, what did you did you guys have any thoughts on this one, or has this kind of been like talk to death? Uh, I think the only thing I would say is I'm I I'm more of in favor of making this now, just because Worlds is there, and also you want to try out the new players that you've been their program that they've been talking about for the longest time and 
so this is a way to showcase because I am excited to watch Plume. Whether he does well or not, I hope he does, but it's at least like putting that brand, you know, there, the thing that they've been building for a while uh, and putting it right there on display. Um, for me, I think it's they, they've seen enough of stunt to know that that is not going to get them anywhere. Um, we may have a bit of disagreement about Meteos. I felt that he's been just too average to be of uh, use for this team who, who needs to make something happen now after signing a long-term contract with Sunday. Yeah, I, I think th- so. That's a good point, Chris. Like, I I know I've I've kind of been defending Medios because he's another one of these like so far this season he's been another one of these low, low light highlight kind of guys where like people just remembering the bad stuff but not remembering the good stuff because they've just been losing a lot. So I do think he's been doing a really good job of like keeping up in games where they get behind because it's so easy to to get behind in the jungle and never catch up, and he's actually done a, an admirable jo- admirable job doing that, but. I like what you said. Like, this team, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for this team to, like, with that roster, to have, like, gone on a run and get that last playoff spot. Like, I think that bottom five, like, that last playoff spot is up for grabs to me. Like, I think it's anybody's ball game. But, you know, if if they have larger aspirations than that, like, I, it's weird. I, I kind of think that you want to get to playoffs first before you even think about all that. But I, I kind of like swinging for the fences, especially if you're looking, you know, you had a bad start like this. Like, what's the worst that could happen? They do bad, and they're the same as they are now. I think people only got pissed because Medios is a name brand. That, that's that's what it is to me. Like, I think Stunt, to me, Stunt was the weirder move. Like, I know he hasn't been very good this split, but it's like, to just, like, straight up cut the guy felt kind of weird, if that's what happened. I mean, we don't actually yeah. know. It sounded to me like that's what happened. Stunt released a statement on his Twitter it's profile. longer, yeah. Yeah, and made it seem like that's really what happened. And I agree, that's really odd. Um, yeah, I mean, I touched on it a little bit before. I think it is just like, like I definitely understand the reason for the change. It sounds like internally it was handled poorly um, in terms of like letting the players know. Um, since then, it sounds like they've they've done a lot to try and remedy it in terms of giving Medios choices to be. Sounded like in the video, they said it could be a six man roster. He could play on academy. Um, or they could try and ship them off to another team. Obviously, that's like not super likely to happen mid split, though. But you know, maybe like a team like TSM takes a look. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it would be less weird if contracts wasn't like known to be not that good. Like it's not like they're going with an unknown quantity. Like Poom is at least an unknown quantity to an extent. Whereas contracts like is like Dollar Tree Dardock. Yeah. Contract contracts is like it, it's weird because I don't know if you guys remember, like when he came into the league, he was like the hype next bet like the next good jungler, right? And there's been a lot of these guys over the years where they're good, they don't quite meet expectations, but they were like pretty good. But like, he was pretty good when he played. Like I don't think he was bad. Uh, like, I mean, for a rookie, I thought he was outstanding, really. But, you know, like, then his second year came around, he got figured out a little bit, wasn't quite as good. And, like, I don't know, he was just, to me, he was like a serviceable starter. He wasn't great. But you're you're right. Like, this is it's like moving from a known quantity to a known quantity. Like, I don't, I, I guess there's something to be said for making a change, like, just for the sake of making a change. But this this whole thing feels like it was handled poorly and then, like, patched up afterwards. 
Yeah, and like, and I'm not, maybe my history of Medios isn't that good, but I feel like he wouldn't be this outspoken if it wasn't like he just felt disrespected almost. Like, I, I think if it's if it's a situation like it was with double it and tactical, then it, it's not, you know, I mean, like double it, if anyone you would expect this reaction from someone like double it. Yeah. TL handled this similar type of situation way better than Hunter Hughes did. And if it's an attitude problem, which is like what they were suggesting it could be on, um, you know, Thorne and Ronnie Crystal were saying that on, on, uh, so many insights. Like if that's the issue, then like, yeah, it definitely should be handled better. It should um, be handled internally. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I completely understand his, his, if he was upset because it was handled poorly. Um, you know, it's not the greatest reaction from him, but it, it's just one of those was a, it definitely doesn't move the needle for me, um, but it's just kind of odd. Like, feels unnecessary. Yeah, that, that, that's ultimately how this is to me. Like, it's just like I know this team was kind of not doing well anyway, and I wasn't. I was I was kind of bearish on them as it was, but yeah, it doesn't really do anything. Is this moving the needle at all for you, Chris? To give them burst of energy, maybe? Um, no. I I think it's it's a lot more that they need to prove that they need to. Uh, work well with this team. Uh, as we're talking, actually, I kind of remember this. This is the second time Under Thieves sort of like quote unquote did Medios dirty because they traded him to Optics. I think that's what's maybe biting coming back to is like it's oh it's happening again. Yeah. So. Oh, if you read the the stunt twit longer, he kind of talked about how when he came here. They prom- they basically promised him like you're gonna be a long term thing here like you're at least gonna be here for a while I mean obviously talk is talk but uh sounded like he was kind of misled a little bit too I don't know the whole situation is kind of it's just it, I think that's the summary of it is like it was just handled really poorly it's it it, it just fe- it reeks of being handled poorly from the inside and yeah. that's why the players are so pissed yeah sort of a bad look for Papa Smithy. Um, in terms of like his first big move, everyone had high hopes for him. I will posit too that another reason that maybe, and maybe this is just me, another reason I don't think this makes so much sense is because like their schedule has just been hellacious. Yeah. They play EG, C9, TL, IMT, CLG, and TSM. So like we're talking about four teams that are definitely better than them in TSM, TL, C9, and EG. It was four teams that are top four. Right? The top four, right. Yeah, maybe and five. then CLG, who's, up there, or FlyQuest is, you know, somewhere. But CLG probably, you know, similar. We would expect them maybe to be 50-50 with CLG. And they lost that one. And then they beat INT. So it's like, I don't know. I, I find that really tough. It's like, you guys just started with a gauntlet of a schedule. Let, let at least get through your first, you know. Takes teams a little bit while. I don't know, man. It just feels weird. Like, it feels wrong to me. I'm just saying, and maybe this is a bigger topic we can talk about sometime. Is this whole thing a symptom of best of one, and the stru- the infrastructure changes that happened in terms of like the the formatting for worlds and all that, like spring not mattering, like this a hundred percent feels like that to me, like spring not mattering, everything is all in on summer. You got to be top two, like that's a lot of pressure all of a sudden. That's a lot of pressure for eighteen games, single games. So. I- I agree 100%. Poe Belter had some really, really good takes about this on Summoning Insights. I, re- I would really encourage you to listen to that if you haven't this week. It's a uh, good show. I, I yeah. generally like it. I, I think people, you know, there's a lot of people that don't like Thorne and Monty, but yeah. they run a damn good show, and they get they get people talking, which yeah. is like what your job is as a talk show host. And 
they get people talking about the stuff that matters, and they get into the nitty gritty, and they have these guys on for hours on end. It's not just oh, here's this you know interview for the camera that's all clean and everything. They they get into stuff, which is good. So yeah, check that out for sure. Uh, Dignitas. So I will dominate leaked that Lorlo Dardock and Phoenix will be starting this week. If I remember that correctly. Um, again, this is leaked rumor, not substantiated as far as I know, but does this move in the old? I mean, I, you know how I feel about Dardock. I don't know how he's going to work with dude. Dardock Phoenix sounds like it's just, uh, Oh my God, it's an explosion (laughs) waiting to happen. It brings back the Echo Fox days. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 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 for sure. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. It's when the uh, when they made that documentary. Those are the three, right? On the squad, Lorlo, Dardock, and Phoenix. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, <laughs> can't really be that much worse than what they were doing. So I guess uh, Dick had a couple close losses, but like they just didn't do anything for me as a team. Like that that whole bottom half of NA is just like. I don't want to say who gives a shit because that sounds terrible, but like none of these teams are doing anything. None of these teams. One of those teams got to make playoffs. That's all we got to care about, right? Um, one other. Th- any other comments on that one, Chris, or is it just uh, a change is welcome. Unlike the hundred thieves, I think this change was probably more welcomed. I think it's weird they're get that they're replacing Froggen. Yeah. That's the weird part to me. Like, if you just bring in Darnock and Lorlo, I thought those two probably should have started the split just because their innate synergy being best friends and, you know, a lot of history playing together. But Froggen feels like their best player. Like, I don't – like, he's in win condition when they are able to win. So that's the odd part about it for me, I think. People – it's too funny. People give Froggen so much shit for being this, like, linear player, and he's definitely not, like – He's he is the best player on that team, and yeah, I don't know this this uh, maybe an upgrade. Uh, Phoenix is weird though. Phoenix, like his ceiling performances are pretty high, right. so like he can have spike performances. And if they're looking to go on some kind of hot run or something like that, I could see maybe I don't know. So far and few in between. That's what happens. Yeah, exactly. Boxes. It's a consistency issue, and if you got to make a run now, it's like I don't know. Maybe, the thing is, like maybe these guys have been playing really well in scrims or something. And we don't know that, and we'll find out, I guess. But I think there's some reason to be optimistic there. It's just a little weird. Yeah. I would say one quick thing, though. Just, like, their strategy will probably change because Froggen's more of the PoE-style mid laner. Yeah. And, like, I, he's not linear, to your point, but that's the role he's played because they need him to be able to hard carry if a game goes late. Exactly. We know Dardock is a little bit more early game. Lorlo's most played last year in Academy, I believe, was Aatrox. So, like... Maybe this is just a shift towards trying to really get in on the early game and snowballing and stuff and trying to just try out a new style or something. Yeah, it could be a good mix-up. Uh, yeah. I think – I mean, I, I personally, I think that's the way you should be playing the game right now. Unless you're exceptionally good on defense like certain teams are, like that's the way you should be playing the game right now because I think when executed at the best, that's a whole separate topic. But <laughs> um, I think it's the best way to be playing. Uh, Meteor started for Billy Billy. The other day, yesterday, uh, they got a win. They got a 2-0 win. And I mean, it was against LNG, but... And incidentally, Fofo was outstanding in the series. Probably played his best series of the year. 
Not the year, beef, the season, the, beef, the summer the season. The summer season. Maybe the beef is a synergy effect, but hey, this is the Billy Billy I was hoping to see for a while. This, I agree. This one's what they need. It's unfortunate that they had to experiment for so long. I don't even, it wasn't even, apparently it wasn't even experimenting, it was just a straight up beef. I mean, again, rumors we don't know, but that I mean, and then what's the 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 elephant in the room? One that I wrote initially was uh, Pinoy will be starting for G two this week. Uh, we'll get we'll touch more on that when we get to Europe. I think you guys are down with that. All right, cool. We had a couple of listener questions. Uh, personal rankings. We'll say top five just for time's sake. I think. And if you have any like on the bubble teams, feel free to go for it. Uh. So Big Kev from the Discord asks, personal rankings, top five, we'll say top five teams in the world right now. Do we have, let's see who, like, we're unanimous on, because we didn't, we didn't, like, write this out beforehand. So for me, and again, the keyword is right now. For me, it's top esports. I think we're all on board there. Yep. Yep. Dragon X. A little more debatable, I think. Any of the LCK teams is so hard to actually say. I know, I know. Um, this is kind of hard to do on the spot. We should have wrote this down before. <laughs> Here's the um, is C9 in it for you two? I think they're close. Top, mm, top 10, not top 5. Uh, here's what's wild to me. I legitimately think like there's arguments for like multiple European teams. Yeah. I, I, I like Dude... I never in a million years thought I'd be saying these words, but I Mad Lions look like a really good team, like a legitimate like top eight at Worlds kind of team right now. I don't know if that'll keep up. Right now, they are Eye of the Tiger. I think Damwon are kind of in that mode right now where they're just like they're just on fire. Like just, it's going to be really hard. They make dumb mistakes sometimes, but they're red hot at the moment. So I think like to to me, it's it's top esports. I still think the top LPL teams are all really, really good. I think JDG is going to be fine. I think FPX is going to be fine. But there's like not a lot of there's not a lot of justification I can do for those teams. I'm just saying like if if a tournament happened right now, I would have those guys probably in the top five somewhere. Uh, uh-huh. So for me, it would be just going off the top of my head. We'll go top esports, Dragon X. Oh man. Fun plus Phoenix. Okay. okay. Damn one gaming and somebody that I'm forgetting. Probably JDG or Gen G or T one, one of those. Or G two. G two. Or G2, Cloud Nine. Like I kinda think like all of those or or Mad Lions. Like I kinda think there's a whole tier there of like you could make an argument for any one of these teams but like dude the top five five is like a weirdly specific number because I, I really only think that there's like currently right now I think there's one unanimous team it's top esports so top esports the best team in the world right now are we all on the same page with that or no yeah they haven't given me a reason to doubt why, why they can't make it to top five of those Josh yeah I think yeah, this is a very tough exercise, honestly. It's just hard. It's always hard to compare between leagues. Um, I think it's harder this year than it's been for a long time. Yeah, and it's like it's also hard because we're only through 
most in most of the leagues two or three weeks. So like not everyone has played everyone yet. And like some people are suffering from pretty weak schedules. Like I think Dan one hasn't played Gen G T one or DRX yet. Yeah, they right? just, they so, just played T one this morning, but yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. But uh, you're right. Yeah. That one thing that at second half of the season could change online again. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Frico looks insanely good right now, but like I'm not, I, I don't trust that to be the case. I mean, they're good, but I don't, they're not going to be a world's team by season's end, I don't think. So you got to kind of bake in a little bit of right now with like a little bit of expectation. I think right now you just got to like look at who's on fire and it's yeah. tough to I deny that. Yeah. I mean, I think for me it's mad scene. It's literally like all the top team mad C9, DRX, uh, top. And then I probably would say damn one right now. Yeah. I just like again, like I just don't know how you say C9's not. Like they've done everything they can and it's really hard to say. It's just the strength of opponent uh, uh, argument. That's it. We just needed MSI really bad. That's that's... yeah, that's what makes this whole thing awkward. It's like usually we can point to that as like at least a couple data points, even if it's not much. So uh Chris, what about you? Who's your top five? Just off the top of your head. Yeah, it's in consensus. I'll probably leave out C9 uh, if you on G2, but I think they're going to eventually belong there. Uh, DRX, again, I agree in consensus with that one. Uh, then it's probably... Um, I have a struggle between JDG and Fun Plus. They're, 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 they're in there, but I'm not quite sure if they're in there, like a confident... Top five. Yeah, that's like that's the issue. Is like there's like three or four teams in China that are all in that conversation, and like three or four teams in Korea that you can make that argument for too. So mm-hmm. like really, it's like there's like the top two. Really, it's like the top one, and then like I think we all agree Dragon X is probably consensus too. But like you can make an argument against that too. And then there's like eight teams that you could just put there right. in any order. Dan one Matt are probably in the same like question mark. Are they going to keep up? Are they going to finish the season strong with the current form that they have? If they are, that's a very, very good, great team. I want to see a little. I, I think they're going to eventually end at Worlds, but I don't know about top five just yet. I'm so glad Europe's getting four slots this year. I'm so glad that they're getting four spots and the entire league just elevated. Like, it's so, so strong. All right. Um, Ken's that's like why was your pick of the week not Rogue Warriors over OMG that match is happening tomorrow you guys probably won't even have this out by then but uh, I I wrote a couple thousand words about it so go for it (laughs) go check that out Um, did you alright so I'll I'll put this out there maybe we can look into it for next week Josh so uh, at AVH2AG says from the discord says in the current meta slash uh, data which lane having a CS different uh, difference or lead or a CS lead leads to a win the most? So, like, what's the correlation between uh, which lane has the strongest correlation between winning and a CS lead? One thing I've noticed, and again, this is not. Uh, I would have to go back and like actually pull the numbers for it and everything, but in general, just like eye testing it, CS has mattered a lot less this season than it has in in, in any other season that I've ever seen. Like a lot less, which makes sense when you think about it because the game is about dragons and heralds and tempo and getting the game going and team fighting and there's also a lot of champions that kind of that are in the metagame right now that throw cs numbers kind of for a loop that like it doesn't matter senna doesn't really matter if it's farming certain top laners doesn't really matter if they're having like insane farm numbers i'm sure like wukong is always going to be behind 
all these like cheese choline bottoms with Senna are always going to be behind in CS for the most part. Uh, Galio, there's a bunch of mid laners that are like this too. And then there's a huge, and the other thing is the jungle is made up for a lot of it too, where you have all these power farm junglers. And if they're in a matchup against a non-power farming jungler, like if it's someone that plays a lot of Lee Sin against someone that's playing Grave or Lee Sin and Trundle against like Graves and Nidalee, obviously they're going to have like a 50 CS lead by the end of the game, unless something terrible happens. So uh, I think CS numbers are really, really confusing right now. Um, Maybe we can look into this and pull for next week. I, we, this we kind of asked this question like 15 minutes before the show, and we got this one. I was like, yeah, I don't know if we can look into that right now, but uh, so definitely something to look into for next week because I, I do think there's probably it's probably mid lane. I so my my gut reaction is that actually it's probably in this order. It's probably jungle, or it's actually I actually think top lane. So because top lane's like the lane that doesn't get attention. I think that having a 10 CS lead even in top lane means so much more than it does in any other lane. Or it just illustrates that that player is strong. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I can see that. And like, and like mid lane, like you said, there's a lot of people that are just kind of shoving Rome or like sack your wave to Rome mid laners in the meta right now. So like, I feel like that CS difference doesn't always matter because as long as when you roam, you get a kill. Vinishki special, Goombi special, it doesn't matter. Um, and then in the jungle, I think. Like, in a fairly, like, if, if there were a way to, like, normalize it, then when it is, you know. So yeah. I'm, I'm working on that right now, actually. <laughs> like, no, like gold, less kills. <laughs> like, economy, less kills kind of situations. Because I, I do think that's something. I mean, we pointed to Dragon X just, like, eyeing it up last season. Where it's like, look at how good this team is without kills. Without first blood. Like, to me, like, I pointed at Invictus this season. I know Invictus is Invictus, and they do all sorts of weird things. If you look at Invictus's numbers, it's insane. Like, they have gigantic leads in CS and gold. They're getting first blood, like, less than 20% of the time. Less Like, they're not getting first tower very often either. It's just raw outplaying that they're getting their advantages from, which is... I mean, they pick counter lanes too, which is part of it, but yeah. Definitely something that we'll look into, I think, for, for next week, and maybe we'll revisit this one. Because I think it's interesting to look into. I would guess that there's not a strong correlation between anything as this season, but I, I think you're probably right, Josh. It's probably like uh, eighty carry might matter because eighty carry the hyper carries are all in the meta right now. So whoever's ahead probably. I don't know. That's always hard with Aphelios in the meta game. So, all right. Um. So I wanted to do like a quick. You know. I'm going to change it up, and we'll do this as we go. Uh, I was going to do, like, line histories, but we'll just do it by region as we get to it. I think that makes more sense than just doing it all up top, right? So, do you guys have anywhere you want to start? Start in the LCK. We'll just go in the order this week. We'll start in the LCK, and we'll work our way to the west. So, Friday morning in the LCK. uh, Well, actually, let's before that do what I just said. So, in the LCK this split, we have a couple interesting things. So... The LCK has actually been fairly even across the board in most uh, of the you know line history markets. So we have there have been 54 games so far. Uh, favorites are 36 and 18, which is a lot better than they were last season already. I don't know if that's going to hold up. We just got our our second underdog 2-0 this week this morning. That's brand new. We only have one before now. That includes. Team Dynamics, by the way, because you know a lot of people wouldn't see that coming. 
favorites are also let me see favorites are also covering the spread it's 50 50 so korea is like kind of exactly where most leagues are most of the time favorites are winning most of the time and the spreads are dead map spreads are dead even right uh i've been tracking kill spreads and totals and all that and in korea it's like pretty even across the board like time totals pretty even kill totals pretty even uh the favorites winning the kill spreads uh about 60 percent of the time so far, which makes sense because favorites have won two-thirds of the game. So, um, Korea, not too interesting in terms of this stuff yet. But I do think once this starts correcting, and the the schedule's been really top-loaded, too. Have you guys noticed that? Like, there's been a lot of, like, really, like, bad teams against bad teams, good teams against good teams, and not a whole lot of, like, bad teams against bad teams yet. That's this weekend, unfortunately. <laughs> so, like, last weekend's slate was so good across the world. This weekend is much, much different, so it's going to be a little bit more boring this week. So, KT Rolster, um, any of that surprising? Not really? No, it, it, it confirms the eye test. Like, I don't have the stats in front of me, but if you watch the games and the results, it's kind of, that makes sense. Yeah. So I would say the uh, the two to the two to one favorites winning two times as much as the underdogs is kind of interesting, uh, just because, like, it seems like, We've talked about it a little bit, like just with this meta, it seems like a little bit more conducive to underdogs being able to pull off upsets. So, um, and maybe I'm just a jaded from watching the LPL for too long. Retired <laughs> <laughs> from that aspect of my life, but but it, it's uh, interesting to me that that's the case. Yeah, I, I would think that's gonna at least regress a little bit back because that's a little bit favorite heavy than what it's normally at. It's normally closer to sixty percent, but we'll see. Um, so Friday we have KT Rolster. A couple I see I actually like this weekend for betting. I don't like it for the games except for like one. So we have KT Rolster minus one eighty two against Solhei One Prince at plus one thirty five. Uh we'll say Prince to take a game at minus two twenty seven, KT minus one and a half at plus one sixty five. I'm all over KT in this spot. Solhei one's garbage. They're just they're not good. And like I don't know like this team isn't quite like this team to me is really weird because they're not a dumpster fire in the traditional sense in that, like, it's a team that where everything went bad and, like, everything went south. I think people just were wrong about this team coming into the season. Like, they're just not good. They weren't that good. They had a lot They had a lot of wins last season that they probably shouldn't have gotten. Uh, <laughs> they remind me of, like, a bad version of Team WE. Like, they really are just, like, a bad version of Team WE to me because they... Like, they're smart. They're not a stupid team. They don't make stupid decisions, but they just don't have a lot of players. Team WE at least has some players. But, like, they just kind of wait, and, like, they have a mid lane that roams and tries to create space for an AD carry, and if Hybrid carries the game, cool. If he doesn't, they lose. That's, like, that's how that's how it goes. And that's worked out pretty well in a metagame where he gets to play Aphelios or Ezreal or Misfortune last season, like, every single game, and he can be a hyper carry. I don't know if that's going to continue to be the case. It hasn't so far. You're seeing that their players are just outclassed. The only series they won was against a, an actual dumpster fire that we're going to get to in a little bit in Hamwa East, Hamwa Life. KT Rolster have had their struggles, but they've also faced some good teams, and I think this team's going to come together as the season goes on. I love KT Rolster in this spot. I think it's slam dunk. I'm going to take the 2-0-2. It's 
plus 165. Is that yeah. a Yeah. That's in play. Yeah. I, I, any, any other comments on this one? This is like slam dunk KT Rollster to me. Regardless of who starts. I, I would just, I think I'm, I would just like to say, uh, they remind me of the way you described them kind of reminds me of what I used to say about SK gaming last split where it's like they haven't, they have, they understand how the game is supposed to be played. They just don't have the players to execute on that right now. And maybe it'll happen over time with more development. Maybe later on in the season, we'll see them improving. Um, Cause it is, you know, it's a very good spot to be where you actually understand the game as opposed to just relying on individual talent. Um, we talked about that before the cast a little bit with, with Nuggery. But they're just, they just don't have the players to execute on what they want to do right now. Um, and that just makes them a spot where you, you want to be trying to, to take spots against them for now. Yeah. I, I see, and like, I, to me, I don't see the ceiling. Like, that's my issue with this team is like, I think we saw probably their best performance last season. Like, I, I really do think we saw like the upper range of their outcomes for as a team last season. And, like, I just don't see it getting any better for them. I don't think they upgraded. I think Mickey – I mean, I didn't think anything of either of the midlaners from last split. And, I like, Mickey has had a couple – he had a pop-off performance against Hamwa. I don't know what that means. You know, like, what, like what, like, what does that actually mean? He's getting kills, but, like, I don't know. The team the team is smart for the most part. They just – they don't have the horses. Like, that's, that's what it comes down to. And I know that hasn't mattered as much this season, but it still does matter. Especially in the LCK, where you know they're all thoroughbreds, basically. It's, so, uh, next up, we have probably the best match in the week in the LCK. So we have T one minus one twenty against Gen G minus one eleven. Is there a reason Gen G is the a juiced underdog in this spot? Just because of the finals, I guess. I mean, T one beat them, I think, all three times they faced them in the spring, which is probably why this is the case. But Gen G have looked like a really good team so far. I I wrote on Gen I wrote on Genji a little bit talking about how <laughs> I think because of all the off season roster moves and like just like the the hustle bustle the shuffling around of everything during the off season people look at what's new and fresh they don't look at what was good before or what was bad before so I think Genji kind of got lost in the shuffle of all that and people just forgot that this team's really good like I, I think people legitimately just forgot that they're good because they they don't they're not. They don't pop off the page to you. Uh, to me, they do though. Like numbers wise, they did last season. They just didn't get it done. They struggled adapting in a best of five. But I mean, this team's still good. They still have great players. They've just been smashing people. They've been a little bit more aggressive. Like in, they're willing to take more chances now. It's not like a crazy drastic change, but looks like I mean they had a good showing in MSI too. So maybe we, or uh, MS MSI MSC. They had a good showing there too, so maybe we should have saw that as a sign. I still, I still had them as an elite team going into the season. I did think that like they were the one that was most likely to drop down like a tier, if there was going to be one of those three teams to drop down. But haven't looked like they've skipped a beat, and they've had a really, they've had a tough schedule too for the most part, except today. And they look good in their wins, and this is a, I, I thought on, from the eye test, they looked more cohesive than they did last split so maybe that's helpful i mean realistically they should have beat dragon x too if dragon x didn't pull some straight up wizard shit in game three with the the zigs bard stuff that i i mean they were ahead in that game they were probably going to be dragon x and all of a sudden i think everyone would be talking a lot differently about this situation right so oh genji are good this is 
I don't know if I even want to bet into the juice, but I think do I think Gen G do look better right now. I don't know, T one looks fine in their last series too. It's probably just a popcorn match for me. See, like I the problem is I disagree with absolutely nothing you just said, but I want to bet T one minus. But it's T one, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I don't really know. Like so statistically, uh looking at the underlying numbers, um and they may not have this morning games baked in yet, but there is a market difference between T1 and Genji and some of the key statistics, especially Baron control. Um, and that may have changed this morning, especially because I think T1 uh, got a Baron stolen from them or something this morning. Yeah. Uh, but there was a certain highlight reel with a certain cast yeah. there basically sounding. Yeah. Uh, you just check it out. Check it out yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's obviously small samples, but I, I do think that there are reasons that that's why T1 uh, is probably favored in addition to the fact that, like you said, they're the reigning champions and they have name value, more name value on their side. Um, they also just owned Gen G last split, which is like, yeah. probably in consideration here too. So I think it's, yeah, I, I think the under two and a half is in play, either minus one and a half is in play. Um, I would, I'd rather bet a two low here for, I assume, uh, plus odds on, on a two low. Yeah, it's like give or take plus two fifty plus 240 or more on both on each side. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd probably take that. As Chris, a... you got a side in this one? Uh, Based on how T1 just lost uh, and Genji coming up, I wouldn't want to be on T1's side, but it's close. It's so close. It may just be another T1 loss and we're just going to start talking about, oh, it's Vigri and it's Lion. Genji's yeah. a great team. Yeah. It's a great team. Oh. I do think I do think what's interesting is that like maybe come Friday this line gets changed and money comes in on Gen G. I think that's certainly a possibility because T one did just lose and people love overreacting to losses. So, although t- honestly, you could also look at that series and be like T one arguably should have won both those games. I mean, you could make a reasonable case for that, but I don't know. They played it. They lost the series to a great team. I like almost never hold that against teams unless it's like a huge sample size of it. Like, if you just, like, if, if Genji didn't beat T1 at all last split, then, like, I have to keep that in mind, you know? But Saturday we have Damwon minus 667 against Hanwha Life plus 393. I already bet this one. Damwon minus one and a half. Although, I'll note, this is exactly the kind of, one, like, series where Damwon lose a game. Damwon are literally, they are very similar to Invictus. And that, like, they just do stone-cold stupid stuff sometimes. And they'll get overzealous and do something dumb. But I just think, like, if you look at the levels these teams are playing at right now, like, do you really think that top side of the map for Hanwha Life is going to hang in this game, like, at any point? Can Viper and Lehens beat that entire damn one team? That's the question. I just, like, will never pay minus money on a team like damn one. Like, <laughs> See on a team like Damn One to two zero, I mean, I can't. They're too variable, right? Like they could easily do some. Like Nuggery could just be like, "Oh, I'm gonna kill you, level one, flash ignite, and fucking die," and then the game's over. Like, I don't know. So that could happen. I'm see. To me, I looked at this as what is the range of outcomes for that kind of thing? Like, how frequently is that going to happen versus the odds? Also, versus where I think these odds are going to be. Because I, I mean, I think, I think, I mean, Hanwha Life play tomorrow, I think it is. 
So how will life play tomorrow? I, they're going to get 2 would tomorrow, I'm pretty sure. Let me pull this up. Yeah, they play a free code tomorrow. I think they're going to get 2 would This this line's going to be minus 1,000 by Saturday. So then you're probably paying 200, minus 200 for the sweep. I think th- there's a chance they drop a game, but I think it's less likely than the odds in play. That's like why I would I would mess with it. I know what you're saying though. Like this isn't a blue chip stock whatsoever, even though their logo is blue. <laughs> They're not a blue chip stock by any by any means. I just think the value is actually kind of good. So, Hamwell, dude, Hamwell Life, they got a Hamwell Life feels like a football team with a great defense and a shitty quarterback, doesn't it? Like I, I compared them to the Jaguars of a couple years ago, where Blake like Bortles? yeah, like the Blake Bortles Jaguars were like. The defense, the defense was insanely good. They were ridiculously good. They had so much talent. They were young. They had like two of the best corners in the league. Like they were hard carrying games, and Bortles just could not help but lose games for it. Like he just couldn't. He couldn't even not lose. Like all he needed to do was not lose the game, and that's. And it kind of feels like that's what's going on. And they got all this shuffling going on between like Dudu and Kuve and Cad and Haru, like. Lava, I don't know what the hell happened to him. But, like, Lava literally, like, I was really excited. Like, he looked like he was going to be, like, one of these, like, mid-tier competitive mid-laners probably stuck on a bad team for his career. Like, a whole, uh, there's a whole slew of those guys in Korea over the years. Kuzan's actually one of them. Um, it looked like that was he was going to be another one of these, and he's just looked terrible this season. So, dude, you're telling me Lava against Showmaker. Canyon's been playing out of his mind. Nogari's being good Nogari right now. The only to me the only way this hap- like this isn't good for Damwon is if this is like a letdown spot, which is like definitely something to consider. But I don't know. How will I can we get shit together? Go ahead. Can we get Tarzan to one of these teams, please? Hanwar, KT, they someone. Should, Hanwar should pick him up. Yeah. Or TSM. No, he can't yeah. go. No, no. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I wouldn't do that to the guy. I would. <laughs> So uh, next up, this one's so Team Dynamics already laying two fifty six against Sandbox on Saturday. Sandbox plus one eighty six. Sandbox to take a games at you know minus one sixty four. So this is a weird one to me because I do think Dynamics are legitimate. I don't think this is beginner's luck. I think this is very similar to a V five situation where I don't think this is a fluke. It's real. They're they're good. And they're good, and they're very smart. The question is whether they have the players. They have good players. I don't know if they have great players. You know what I'm saying? And basically, I think this comes down to, like, do you think Sandbox turn it around and how fast? Because if you think Sandbox are going to improve and improve, like, in a hurry and that they've just, like, just been brutalized by a bad schedule, then they're probably worth a look here. I I think that Sandbox don't look very good at all. They've been competitive in, like, three games this season. And I think Dynamics take this down. It feels feels like a lot of juice to pay for a new team, but, like, this this very much feels like Victory 5. Like, it's a stock on a bull run, and it's you just got to go with it. Josh isn't buying it. <laughs> this is painful to me. You know how much I wanted the Sandbox to succeed. Yeah. If they go winless, that's painful. Yeah, like, at what point... I mean, it does kind of like. I want Yamato to succeed. I do. I think we all said that when we talked about it during the off season show that we wanted this to work. But 
it's not working right now. I haven't seen any of this like EU ingenuity. He's just playing stock standard for the most part. I don't know. I something tells me this team's going to turn it around and not be like a complete dumpster fire. But they don't look good right now, and I don't think they're going to fix this stuff overnight. So give me team dynamics there. Staying away. You guys look like you're staying away from this one. I just like. I haven't gotten to watch the vlogs from this morning yet, but like it looks to me like they they might be. I, actually, I don't think they are. I, I know that those players are individually talented enough, but it looks to me like they 100% smashed the draft in both games, and they were just trying to play scaling and just got ran over. Yeah, like those games are really hard to take anything away from because like if you play the game correctly, you shouldn't get ran over. Yeah, like. Lose lane and just outscale. Uh, you tweeted about one of the teams this morning. Just give up a certain fight and wait until ten minutes later, and you can win. And LS every five seconds on every broadcast he ever does. But like, it's true. If if that's the style you're you're drafting for, just commit to it and do it. And I like I like those teams because those type of team comps are generally I think easier to execute on than something where you have to be constantly proactive and constantly finding gaps. Very hard, but very high level can be very effective. Um, so Team like, WE, I think Team WE is like the poster child of this, right? They're just yeah. very good at the one thing that they do. It's like, you know, I, I think it's exploitable, but you got to be pretty damn good to punish it. It's same with FlyQuest, right? In, yeah. In a, yeah, it's a they, good comp. They play this exact style, and that's what I saw with the drafts this morning, so... I'm surprised they lost both games, but if they're going to keep drafting like that, I think I'll probably be scared to bet against them just because I think they are winning draft, yeah. especially the SEK. Because yeah. I don't, know, I know Dynamics is good. I don't know if they're good enough to execute that style of team comp where they can just punish that really hard. Yeah, I mean that's what they've been doing, which is the other reason that I like them here is because like that's what Dynamics has been good at is like they're playing yeah. that for lack of better terms, that, like, Victory 5 style. Like, I never thought I'd say... I never thought I'd say those words in my life. But, like, they are. They're, they're, they are they're hit every window, and they're really good at it. I, I do I do agree with what you're saying. I do think Sandbox... Um, since Yamato's gotten here, the first match, they had some really questionable drafts. The weird Lee Sin ban. That was odd. But, uh, yeah, I, I think... Sandbox have the right idea. The players are good enough. They're all LCK caliber players on that team. It's not like we're playing with... This isn't a Prince, like, Solheim 1 Prince situation where the quality of players is a little bit questionable, you know? Like, the players are there. It's just putting it all together. I'm kind of... See, I I think Sandbox, I'm going to have to... I'm going to be like, wait and see. And I think there's going to be value with them in, like, probably two weeks. If they lose a couple more series, then they're going to be, like, 300 point dogs and you're going to be able to get some value on them when they play against some of these mid-table teams like Afrika or something like that so um, that's they yeah that's later in the week so yeah I'm on dynamics here but I I could see Sandbox I have more faith in Sandbox to turn it around than Hanwha Life and that's kind of reversed from what I thought before the season like I was optimistic about Hanwha Life but like all five players that have played in the top side of that map no one has shown me anything so and we didn't finish the point on that, but like, like the Hamwa situation feels like a bad quarterback. Like Viper and Lehens, at some point, they might just like quit on this team. Like that's what I'm worried about. I don't want it to happen. 
because they're so good. Like watching those two try to how many dude? How many plus fantasy points has, has Viper had? Like insane fantasy performances in O twos. I've never yeah, seen anything like it. He's gonna break my model because his it's like he actually averages. It's like he averages like six points less in a loss, and it's like way too high. He he's just he's a monster. He's so good. He's so it's, it's crowd shot. Just stop dying everywhere else. Like it's literally his SK. Like, like uh, just stop feeding. Let me two v eight. Like get on Weight Watchers. Damn it, let's go. <laughs> oh man, the lava's gonna be in like a the weight loss ad. I could see. <laughs> Um, Sunday we have Dragon X minus a thousand against Soleil One Prince. I'm shocked this is a thousand. This is probably going to be like twenty five hundred. Now, I will say Dragon X do lose games to themselves on occasion. Um, usually just getting a little bit too experimental in the draft or falling asleep in the wheel at the wheel. But uh, <laughs> I, that's not happening here. I don't think. I I I am going to pick my spots. Where I think Dragon X lose games, I'm not doing it here. Prince is so bad, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think I'll bet plus one point five against Dragon X. Like any time, it's plus money, plus one twenty. Because <laughs> and they, to their credit, they win with it sometimes. But sometimes their drafts are just absolutely wackadoo. Like they make absolutely no sense, dude. And- when they when they did, I liked the Zigs against the Fellers. But when they did that in game three against uh Gen G, I was like, God damn it, they're gonna lose this series. And they just they're they're so good. Like they just made it work. I have no idea how. But what was it? I think Afrika. They played Afrika earlier this week and like game one, I was like, Oh, here they go on their bullshit again. Because they dropped it. Set mid or something. Oh no, Gragas. It was the Gragas. That's what it was, right? Morgana mid Connor. Oh, yeah. And I was like, no. Like, they're trying, but this is a good team that's going to punish it. And they won. They smashed. Yeah. I was like, because death on Ezreal is just absolutely unreal. But I was like, I, I live bet against them there. But that's the type of stuff that they do where it's just like you watch it and there's like, there's just no way. Like, if yeah. you have for chops, you can easily beat this type of nonsense. It's like mad, mad, uh, mad scientist. CD Max goes off the deep end every once in a while, a little bit. Too- Honestly, it's kind of like G2. Like, they don't have, like, the swagger that G2 has, like, the attitude. But, like, their drafts, sometimes they just go too far down the rabbit hole and they got to get pulled back up and checked once in a while. It's This team is so weird, though, because, like, I almost hate when they play standard because they don't, like, they don't win – when they play standard stuff, like I'd, ra- I'd almost rather them be doing. I want them to be slightly weird. I don't want them to be too far off the deep end and too too far standard. I want them to be them. Play the zigs, eighty carry, like that kind of stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Cho- By the way, Chovy makes that champion look so easy. Try playing that champ. Try playing. You go into a game and try playing zigs against like a challenger level player, and tell me how how it goes. Because try hitting any skill shot ever with that champion against a challenger player, and you're not going to do it. So. And you would just like never have mana. So like that's what's crazy about these pros. Is, like they obviously like they get the second blue buff and stuff, like obviously, but which is a little different than solo queue, but how they understand how to manage the mana, back timings, all that stuff, this is mind boggling. Yeah. Choby's a savage. Choby made Morgana look like a damage dealer. <laughs> so, um, then we have all right. So this is the other really interesting one for the weekend. So we have Afrika minus one sixty one against KT Rolster plus one twenty one. 
So, this is the last match of the weekend. I think a very interesting one because I think this is kind of a situation where I think Afrika are playing very, very well right now. They're probably going to 2-0 tomorrow. They play Prince tomorrow. Um, or no, they play Hanwha Life. Is that what I was saying? Yeah, they play Hanwha Life tomorrow. They're probably going to 2-0 tomorrow. Um, this line might go up. Who knows? But I kind of see this as like I'm expecting Afrika to maybe dial back to the middle a little bit. I do think the meta is just really good for that team, and I don't see it changing anytime soon. So I think Afrika are probably going to be in that playoff conversation just because I think the meta is good for them and they can hide a lot of their flaws as a team, uh, being namely the mid lane. I think it's pretty easy to hide weaker mid laners. And it's not that, like, Fly Fly has been pretty good in his career. I don't want to, like, you know. And All-In looked pretty fine last season, but they're they're just very limited players. Like, they have, they're just good at specific things. But I think that's what you want to be good at, right? That's, like, that's the thing. The things that they're good at is what's good right now. It's the teacher mouse situation, right? So, but I also think KT are going to get better and better as the season goes on. So, oh, by the way, we're going to get to see Smeb versus Keen. Which is yeah. About that. Oh yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be good. Um I, I kinda think these teams are gonna like I think KT's gonna trend up. I don't think Afrika are necessarily gonna trend down in a big way, but like given that I think KT's probably gonna continue improving. And then I think I, I don't know, this line's probably not gonna move because KT are probably gonna win as well. So I I like KT Rolster. I think this is a good shot, take on an underdog. I'm, I think for me, it's going to depend on how they look against Sol one um, Just the improvement, are they getting more comfortable with Snub? I'll wait. I'll wait. Because like you said, it's not going to change much. Yeah. Josh, any thoughts on this one? Or are we moving on to the LPL? I'm a big KT fan, but this feels like a no play. Just popcorn game to me. Yeah. I, it's, I think that's totally reasonable, too. I, I mean, I do think this line is like pretty close to right. I'm a little more optimistic on KT Rolston than this line is, but uh, I think like in terms of like pricing, it's it's I think it's fine. I'm just a little bullish on KT getting better. So, um, okay, that's the LCK this season uh, or not this season this week. Uh, I will be, you know, having a lot more going to the numbers a lot more after this week. I usually like to get a couple weeks of data in before I start really relying heavily on any kind of numbers, just because it's you get at least some sample size. Um, LPL, LPL is a very lopsided slate this weekend, so we can kind of blast through this one. Yeah, what's up? I do. I do actually have one thing I meant to mention this, but oh, so, go for it. Okay. um, so you have KT minus one and a half versus Solhe one is plus one sixty five, where Dragon X minus one and a half is like minus one eighty nine. Do you think that's like a fair differential in those odds, or does that seem a little wide to you? It's a little wide, but I think Dragon X. Like, I think they're substantially better, but I was just curious. I wanted to ask if. Yeah, that is. I don't know. To me, I just think that usually. I, I, here's the thing. You have to got, you guys have to keep in mind these are esports markets. So, like, when I say, like, oh, this line should be minus 2,000, that sounds like I'm a, I'm a lunatic. But, like, this is a common thing that we see. Like, you know exactly what I mean when I say that, right? Like, there's a difference between – I mean, there's really not that much of a difference money line-wise, but that makes the spread odds a lot different, right? Like, if this goes up to Dragon X minus 2,000, then, you know, because they play again, I think, tomorrow. They play – or not to, Yeah. They put them on 
Yeah, they play Team Dynamics tomorrow. If 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 I think Dynamics have a chance to take a game in that series, but if they just smash Team Dynamics, who have been like everyone's darling so far this season, that line's going to be like minus two thousand or minus sixteen hundred or something like that. Especially especially if you know we get a, a Solhe one loss against KT on Friday too. So it's it seems really dumb. I, I agree. Like that is a pretty big margin. That's a what? That's like a it's a hundred and twenty four point swing, right? No, not that much. Yeah, it's that much, right? It's almost three hundred, right? Like no, because it's crossing over a hundred, not over zero. Oh right, yeah. So yeah, almost two hundred. Yeah, so yeah, that is a big swing, but I also think that Dragon X. I mean, this is the this is the Dragon X punting games argument, I guess. Like if if you think that happens, then yeah, this is value on Solhe one. I just think Solhe one are hot garbage like the hottest of like hot stinking garbage yeah so, i was more just trying to see if the drx or kt bet but yeah i think kt are being priced like an eighth place team and i think that they're probably closer to like six by the end of the season and like seventh right now i know like placement doesn't isn't a good indicator but like we'll just say like out of you know you know i think you understand what i'm saying i don't literally mean the place yeah, yeah, i think you guys yeah, understand yeah, what i'm saying when i say that so right. Yeah. I think I they're they're being under they're being undervalued because they've had a rough start. So, um, yeah, that is interesting though. Good, good call. Uh, LPL, a uh, couple lopsided games on the LPL slate, and then a couple interesting ones. So, top esports minus twelve fifty against LNG plus six oh five. LNG is plus one sixty one to take a game. Do top esports style a little bit too hard this team doesn't strike me as that kind of team and i mean ellen i mean you guys i've been i've been pounding the table against lng for how many weeks now (laughs) they're fraudulent they have one good win this season i guess they have two because they they had a win against billy billy right no billy billy two of them but they were ahead in that second game so that's why i liked so, like, that game and then the win they had against Vici were, like, pretty good games. Those are the two best games they've played all split. So, maybe the argument is that they've played their two best games this split this season in their last two matches. But L- do LNG, they're, they're bad. They So many of their wins, almost all of them, are just not of their own creation. This team is, like, LNG might be the most fraudulent team on the planet. I, I, I mean, I think people have come around now. I think people see it now. But there was, like, like two weeks ago, people were like, oh, LNG's okay. No, they're not. They're not good. They're not a good team. Top's going to smash this. I think it's because they beat – no, no, they got they got the rough. Well, then that's what I mean. So, like, they had those win, that win against RNG, and yeah. who was the other one? FPX, I think they beat, too. Or JDG uh, was one of those two. They beat uh, – like I'm really, pretty sure it was FPX. I think FPX. it was FPX, like, FPX. Yeah, it was like the second series of the year or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're being overrated because, like, but if you watch those games, like, FPX, like, tried to die, screwed it up, gave them three kills, and that would rather was a game right there. You know, <laughs> like, it's a lot easier to play with Lee. This is this has been part of my disdain for LGD, too, which, you know, we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, they're not on this slate, but uh, do we want to talk about LGD at all? Because, like, that's been kind of my issue with them, too, is, like, a lot of their differential statistics are boosted by getting first blood in, like, 80-something percent of it, which is impressive. Peanut's been a monster, but... Like, I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to go just for time's sake. I'm not going to go into the 
LGD digression. Subscribe to the East West Department. Read my tirades about LGD on an almost daily basis, and you know there you go. You can you can get your material there. So, um, LG LNG fraudulent, but I think people finally get it. Is this a buyback spot potentially? Like maybe we see Fodic in for a game or something. Like I don't know. But like Fodic's good though, so I don't even know what they could do. Moyu Moyu is good too. Yeah, it's just not enough money. Like, like our odds wise. Sorry, I shouldn't say money, but like odds one and a half. Like you're basically saying in a best of one, should their odds be one sixty one? And like that's way too low. Yeah. Or low. I, I don't know. But like it, you would need to give me like plus two thirty five. Or something like that, I feel like. Um, but I will say, like, the minus one and a half at plus 901, just, like, Jackie Love's little brother plays for him or something. Like, sure. That's worth a, you know, a, a beer. Yeah. I'm trying to – I'm going to try to take a look and see what, like, game – like, the game odds are. They're probably going to be, like, in the 300s. So, um, while I'm doing that, you want to introduce the next one, Vici E-Star? Let's talk Vici, plus 100 versus E-Star, minus 132. It's a very close game. Which, you know, by now we know that E-Star is sort of figured out their style. Um, but they still, they're still a good team, even though they, they're figured out. Vici, I don't know. I don't know what to think about Vici anymore. I would have high hopes for this team. Not not so much from a fantasy lens because I know what kind of like team they want, like what kind of style they want to play. But I just not impressed by I don't know. Maybe maybe they're turning it around now. Yeah, I kind of think Vici are going to start to turn around now. I think it took them a little bit, but uh, Zika's been playing pretty well. You're not buying it. This is like the hardest E-Star minus one and a half slam I've ever oh, seen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, no, no. listen. Don't get me wrong. I'm all over E-Star in this spot. Okay. Yeah. But I do think Vici are, are going to play their way into playoff contention. I don't know if they'll make it, but they're going to be in that conversation. I think they had a really – honestly, they had a really shitty start. Like, they've, they've looked really bad, but, like, I know this team's not this bad. Like, their players aren't that bad. Uh, I don't know. I just – I can't see this team finishing, like, bottom four. I just can't say it. I think the players are too good, and I think they know what – they do what they should be doing. And, again, like, this goes back to, like, I think they play the game the way you should be playing it right now. They just haven't been executing that one. I think that will improve over the course of the season. Uh, LNG to take – LNG map one is plus 307, map two plus 307 as well. I think if you're going to do this, that's the that's the bullet to fire. I think that's a better bullet to fire than the plus one and a half. I, I think it's a way better bullet because, like, if they're going to win – if they're going to win a game, it's probably game one. And I'm sure I could look into the data and support that, actually, because I think most of these big underdogs, it's game one that they usually end up winning. So, it, Or, like, if the, the the heavy favorite starts a sub or something like that. But, yeah, maybe we'll see some Moyu, but Moyu's actually been pretty good when he plays, so who knows. <laughs> um, <laughs> how bad it would be if you're Flandre and Moyu comes in and just schools you? You're like, God damn it, what am I doing? Um. Where are we at? Oh, we we're on Vici E Star. Yeah, I, I'm I'm all over Vici or I'm all over E Star here. I, I think Vici are going to be pretty good, but I, I think E Star are somehow being undervalued. Like I have yeah. no idea. I'm yeah. on E Star later. Oh, there's another E Star game that we're going to get to in a little bit. 
What am I? Oh my. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. It's gonna bring me out of LPL retirement, and then I'm gonna go back to hating the LPL. <laughs> Uh, we'll get to that one. Let's finish this one. I'm, I'm just, it's just E-Star. I'm all over E-Star. Money line, I'm one and a half, minus one and a half. And I like Vichy. I just think E-Star are like a lot better than people are giving them credit for because of, you know, their record. So Saturday we have Rogue Warriors against EDG. Rogue Warriors plus 288. EDG minus 435. EDG coming off of a really bad loss, but... Rogue Warriors I wrote about today. Rogue Warriors are, you know, I might as well bring some excerpts in. Let's bring some excerpts in because I did yeah. I did a little fun I did a little fun research on Rogue Warriors today. This is a fun one. So the 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 research basically was how bad is Rogue Warriors? Um, first of all, I went back and watched some film just to see if you know my eyes were lying to me or something. And I, I actually think the teams looked worse than I thought they were. <laughs> When I went back and watched him again, some Wuji hasn't been good this season. I know we all, love, I I know we like Wuji and we think that he's an Elo hell, but he's been very bad this season. And like, there's a difference between an eighty carry that is stuck on a bad team and it's really hard to look good on a bad team as an eighty carry, and he's just not making good decisions. And that's like what's that's what it's been. He's just not looking good. He's not. A lot of times when you like Viper and Lehens, right? Viper and Lehens. That's an exceptional situation because they've actually looked really, really good. Teddy on Jenner, that's an exceptional situation. It's very hard to do that. So I'm not expecting that from him. But a lot of times you can tell when a player is overplaying to overcompensate for bad teammates, right? Or like from behind or just they're just trying to make a play to get back into the game. That hasn't been the case at all. They've just been getting outplayed and lame. doesn't matter who the support is. Maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe you shouldn't play four different supports – let this dude – I mean, that's a different question, I guess, right? But anyway, so the film has not been very supportive to say, like, that they should be turning it around. Of course, I've been on them as the underdogs all season and then got off of them, you know, last match when they finally got one. But they've won just that game. So I wanted to look into this a little bit. I watched some film. Uh, I looked into some, you know, statistics and everything, and I wanted to compare them to a couple things. So let's take a look at gold per minute. For Rogue Warriors, right? Rogue Warriors have 1611 gold per minute, right? 1,611. Not very good, right? How bad is that? Shalka in the LEC have a 1556. Excel Esports has a 1741. Which is more than 100. It's 130 better. Dignitas, so far, have a 1615. So, gold per minute, not always the most indicative. It's usually pretty good. I went into gold differential per minute, which is even funnier. Gold differential per minute. Rogue Warriors have a minus 363. Dominus is at minus 155. Now, admittedly, they've got a couple wins under their belt now. Immortals, minus 367. Very close. Good comparison. Dignitas, minus 251. Uh, Axes, which is the last place team in Japan, the LJL, are minus 419. Not that far. Rascal Jester, the second to last team in the LJL in Japan, is minus 285. Now, admittedly, the level of competition in China is very high. But Rogue Warriors are very bad. They're very, 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 very bad. I don't know if they're quite like Victory 5 last season level, because they at least have some players. 
Their player, their best player hasn't been playing good. Their underlying metrics are bad. EDG are coming off of a loss, which is the only reason this isn't like minus 1,500. Give me EDG, slam dunk. I'll, I'll lay the money line on this one. I don't even care. They're is not losing this back? series. Do we think? Uh, I, I would assume he's going to be back. But B, you know what, though? Like, BBD played really, really well. So, I mean, I know they lost, but it wasn't entirely on him. You know, so. And then the series before that against Top, he played really, really well. So, yeah, I don't know. Give me EDG. I know it was, yeah, yeah, I know that was like a tirade about Rogue Warriors, but I just want to illustrate just how bad they've been this season. Like, they are like immortals. So, that's like the best comparison. So, think about that for a little bit. Uh, where were we? Invictus. This is a good one. Invictus plus 107. JDG minus 143. La, 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 la. I can't hear you. Invictus. La, oh. la, la, la. <laughs> he, who, he who shall not be named in the top lane. I got to Dude, I got to say something, man. So, Invictus, as frustrating as this team is, when Invictus... <laughs> look, their numbers are insane. They're insane. Like, their economy numbers, their CS differentials, like, all this, their gold differentials, they're absolutely bonkers, and they get no help. Like, they have... I'm gonna, I, I just gotta pull it up. They have, like, some insane gold differential, and they have, like, no first bloods, no first towers. It's just raw CS. Now, that comes at a cost, obviously. Anyway, I could go into all that. Invictus... As frustrating as they are, I think are actually a good team. And I think they're going to get better. And I think this team's going to end up at Worlds again. <laughs> I hate to say it, but... You know what's bizarre? I don't know if you got a chance to like see Rand's tweet this morning. They're still doing it. They're still solo queuing things. They have not... They don't come in with a, oh, this is a comp that we're going to play. No, we are going to pick our own champion. And, oh, shit. This is a terrible comp. Yeah. This is hard to pull off comp. I like, yeah. So I seen a bunch of people retweeting that today. It was basically just like they, who who were they who were they interviewing? Ning? Was it Ning they were interviewing? Uh, it was, it's not. It probably was Ning. If it wasn't Ning, that it was, was Ning or Rookie. Rookie. Yeah. And they were so they they like it was so, they interviewed somebody and they were basically like oh yeah we we picked the chance that we wanted to play and then it ended up not being a good comp. Surprise! <laughs> oh no! No way! I don't even believe that. I like don't I don't either. <laughs> Like Galio, does that is it just me or does that not seem like a rookie champ to you? It's not a rookie champ, but it's also a really broken champ. Or not really broken, but it's very good. It's a very powerful champ right now. So, but you're right. It's not a very rookie champ at all. I actually think it makes sense, right? If people are gonna dive top, or they're just gonna continue camping the shy. Doesn't it make sense to play some like Nocturne or Galio or Twisted Fate? Just saying. I could coach Invictus for the right amount of money. So, uh, t- Ning had a classic Ning performance this morning, by the way, where uh, he didn't can't he didn't form any camps. He just ran around to wherever rookie in the shy told him to be, and ended up getting a bunch of kills out of it. And all of a sudden, he looks like a genius. You know, as much as we like to rag on Invictus, I, I just think the caliber of players they have is good enough that it's just like it's really hard to ever rule them out in any situation because they can just run you over. This team, by the way, like, if you look at, like, how they win and, like, closing speed and just, like, how hard they win games, they win games as hard as Cloud9 does. Like, they they win. How hard you win, if that was a metric, Invictus would probably be, like, a top two team in the world. 
Damwon have been like that too, where it's just, they're just like completely smashing people. So that said, JDG, kind of a rough start, but look like they're kind of riding the ship. They play tomorrow morning against uh, Team WE. That should be a great match tomorrow morning. I don't know, man. I It's probably JDG. Are you ever going to get JDG at this kind of money? But I just hate betting against Invictus because it always goes the opposite way. Right, Josh? I've gotten a couple Invictus bets right this season, so I, maybe I should quit while I'm ahead. The only time you can use the word bet and Invictus in the same sentence is if you're saying, I will not bet on any games that Invictus plays. <laughs> That's fair enough. Chris, you have any thoughts on this one? This should be a good – this should be an inter- at the very least an interesting match, right? We have a couple. Uh, yes, I mean it's something that I want to watch and see how far J, uh, Ivictus comes against JDG, who still top team, just not championship as I remember them. So this could be like one of a playoff preview. Yeah, yeah, I do think JDG are. It looks like JDG and FPX are kind of like. It looks like they kind of maybe took some time off. I know we talked about that a couple weeks ago, but like it looks like maybe they like reduced their schedule a little bit. Because they played at MSC and all this other stuff. And, like, it looks like they're kind of running back into form now. So, I mean, we don't know. We'll know tomorrow, I think, if JDG looked pretty good. I don't like to assume yeah. that. Look, Invictus has this game in the bag. JDG's bot lane can't prepare for the triple support approach, all right? They, they <laughs> can't prepare. It's just simple. How are you supposed to prepare for reheal, Bowlan? And Southwind in the same series. How do you do it? Insane. I got to say, it was really nice seeing Balan. But we talked about this uh, before we got our night. It was really nice seeing Balan back on the Rift because, like, I had legitimate concerns that maybe he was just done. Because it was, it's so weird that he just stopped playing, right? He didn't go anywhere else. It was so – Balan is, like, a legitimate, like, world-class – like support players, one of the best players to position in the world when he was playing for like a, a, a you know, that entire reign, even when they weren't the, like Bowland was way underrated. Way, I thought he was better than Jackie Love. I thought Jackie Love was the worst player on that world championship team. I thought Bowland was incredibly good. Jackie Love's still very good. Don't get me wrong, but Bowland's an incredible player. And I was, it, it was just so bizarre that he just like disappeared basically like just stopped playing. We didn't know why nobody knew why maybe it was an injury. No, there's no, there was nothing about it. Nobody knew. So it was so weird. And it was just, I was just like really nice to see him back playing again. I hope he comes back. That would be great. He played well today too. So, I mean, it was against Dominus. So take that, you know, with a grain of salt Sunday, we have uh, the mirror match. We have E-Star, plus 153 against East, I mean, Victory 5, uh, minus 208. Look, I, I, I'm not saying I'm sipping the Victory 5 Kool-Aid, but I'm a Victory 5 truther. But, like, seriously, what the hell is this? Give me E-Star. This is a joke, right? Why are they doing this? This is literally, literally the books are just trying to get me to bet once on LPL so that I have to oh, man. come back in. Come back I gotta in, be Josh. really strong. I need some strength. <laughs> Josh, stay strong. This is all right. Optimistically, I I, I think they, they're the same team. They play the same way. They do the same things. I think Easter have better players. I do think Victory Five is real. I don't think they're a fluke. I don't even. I actually think that they've been getting better and better. 
But this should be even money. This is like to me, this is like literally a mirror match. It's like the same exact team, but East Star have the better players. Give me East Star plus one fifty three. I already bet this actually. I put that more. Right. But Vince, hmm. does East Star have a PP god on this? Shall sees a f- yes. <laughs> I dare him. I dare PP God to play Thresh. I dare him. PP God's been a monster, by the way. Can we talk about that? I it's. It's so refreshing seeing these young support players, Caria and PP God, like shot calling on a team with like world class, like best at their position of all time caliber, like players. And it's like, nah, man, I'm in charge. I was a 17 year old or whatever. It's like, it's kind of cool to see. PP God is like entire, like he's like calling that the entire game for that team. I don't feel like watch, if you like watch the player cams when they're playing, he's just nonstop talking, like at all times. Like anytime it pans to him, he's barking out orders and stuff. It's really cool to see. Give me Eastar, and I'm and I'm a victory five truther. They're real. They're the real deal. But I, it's too much. It's too much against you. Eastar is a good team. Th- yeah. <laughs> Josh is really struggling with this one. Josh is struggling. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, what do you think, Chris? I'm yeah. I like the odds. I feel like these are too evenly matched. Like and. The odds does not reflect that, though. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I'm going East Star. <clears throat> yeah, I think East Star is the last match in the LPL. And we'll get to the West. RNG plus 153 against FPX minus 208. So RNG coming off of a brutal, brutal loss uh, in just one of the weirdest game two. That game two was so odd against WE. That was so weird. You pick Twisted Fate. You pick Twisted Fate, and you have Mordekaiser. And you have a bot lane that you can gank, and they had a Felios. I get it. You want to camp Zooming on a Felios. I totally understand. They didn't use a TF ult until like 16 minutes into the game. You have literally a free gank in top lane. Like, worst case scenario, you get a flash out of the Renekton. Press Mordekaiser ult, press Twisted Fate ult at the same time. Get up to the top lane, prep a gold card, stun him when he gets out of the gold card, profit. It's so easy. We saw G2 exploit this last week. It's busted. It's really powerful. You got two good side lanes for TF to play to, and they just did nothing for for nothing. They just did nothing for a while. Then they forced to play bottom. WE saw it coming the entire way, teleported, countered the play, and the game was over. And then RNG got ran over in the third game. So, credit there. This is so tough because I, I I think RNG are probably the value here. It just sucks seeing them lose the way that they did, and now they have to come in and play this match. I do think FPX probably win this, but this number it's a little too rich for me. Like I think RNG is actually the value here. I think RNG are good. They just have these really frustrating losses. Josh, you're Invictus. Is to me to RNG. They yeah. hate me. They just hate me. Yeah, I, that's been kind of me this season with RNG too. Like I just can't seem to. Like I I know they're good, and then you see like two thirds of their performances are excellent, and they just have they just like take these games where it's like they fall asleep. Like what? they looked so good in game one of that series, so good that was clinical, and it's just like they fell asleep at the wheel in game two. It's like what are you what are you doing? 
And then game three. Well, is that the game where they like they had a lead and they just did nothing? Yeah, I mean they that game they were outscaled, which is the the scaling argument. But yeah, but they did nothing to advance their lead. Exactly, exactly. The second game is what infuriated me. You had a great draft and just did nothing with it. So I don't know. It's like kind of the opposite of last season where they were doing great things with shitty drafts. So I think it's probably your RNG if you're going to take this one. Even though I think FBX are probably going to start rounding into form and be good again. We got to see Crying. That's been interesting. Crying's been playing. I bet FBX minus one and a half here. Yeah, you're not buying RNG at all? No, I'm not. I just, like, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, FBX just has too much talent to keep playing this bad. Yeah, I, I think FBX are going to they're, they're gonna just keep getting better and better. I think they've gone through their, their rough patch. Yeah, it feels like a bad argument to make, but also, like, a lot of underlines favor FPX pretty substantially here. So I'm going to kind of trust those and ride with it here, I think. Yeah, I think if when you look at the LPL, like, all the metrics and stuff for the LPL, it's a pretty clear-cut, like, four teams that are, like, very good. And that's not just the teams that we've been saying all – it's not just because we're saying it all along and looking for that evidence, but, like, if you just look at it, like – JDG's differential stats don't reflect a seven and five record at all, like at all. I think JDG are due for. I think JDG F, end of the season it's just going to be JDG FPX top esports and then somebody, probably Invictus. <laughs> so, like yeah, I think like they all kind of did. maybe Victory Five, maybe E Star, I don't know, maybe WE. Who knows. But I think, like, JDG, FPX, and Top, like, are – they differentiate themselves quite a bit. Like, especially if you compare, like – if you, like, look at their records and then their differentials, it actually kind of says a lot about what FPX and JDG are doing when we've considered that I don't think they've looked very sharp until now. They've looked a little bit rusty, so I don't know. Uh, I could see FPX winning this, but I'm probably just going to either RNG or nothing. LEC, Josh's bread and butter. Finally, something I can bet on. So uh, we open the week with, we'll get to it later on. We have Vitality minus one thirty, XL minus one hundred three. What? What? XL, and this is just the hardest XL smash I've ever seen in my entire life. This is like Dominique Wilkins windmill slam, dude. This is yeah. like this is like Vince Carter at the what was it the two thousand four Olympics where he just like dunked over that guy. He like jumped over like some seven foot dude and just like just. That poor French dude is always. Weird. <laughs> I forget that guy's. Name. He's got to be the name of the episode, by the way. <laughs> I can't remember the guy's name though. I'm just. I'm literally gonna Google it on the cast right now. Uh, Who I'll is Google the guy it. Carter dunked on? I'll Google it. I'll Google it. You continue talking. <laughs> the French call it Le Donc de la Mort. <laughs> That's incredible. That is absolutely incredible. His name is Frederick Weiss. That's incredible. I did not know that. That's so good. I'm glad we did that. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> um, yeah, Dunk Data Moore has got to be the best. It's so good. That's what's happened to my bankroll. Oh, man. So, yeah, go, going on, because, uh, I mean, spoiler, John made this his pick of the week. So, yeah. Uh, you guys have heard me on here be pretty critical of Excel, but they've, they've actually performed pretty well in a lot of the underlying statistics. Um, 
to my dismay, honestly, because I just think they have no talent as a team. But they, uh, they're they looking okay in a lot of these underlying statistics. And while Vitality has flashed the upside, I just think Excel should be favored. Like, I don't know how they're not favored. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Quality of wins, think, maybe? Yeah, I think it's like we're probably looking at what I think shake up to be eight. Seventh and eighth. Seventh or eighth, no. Eighth and ninth. Eighth and ninth, probably. Ninth, I think, yeah. Uh, teams here, and so like, if anything, they should be even money. Like, it makes no sense to me that Vitality's favored. Um, keep an eye out for kill spreads here. July is a pretty big proponent of this, but if you can get plus odds kill spreads for um, Excel, just take those instead because that'll be even better than the win. Because I think we're all in agreement they're probably going to win here. Yeah, I think Excel. Well, I, I agree with you. They should be. This should be like a minus one twenty plus one hundred kind of situation. Excel. I, I think I rag on special, and he's been very bad but I also think that like when you look at these two teams they're just going to do the same things for the most part like I think they're both so far this season they've both just tried to play two core scaling which is what you should do I think when you're figuring things out like they're not playing execution heavy team compositions either of them really so I don't know this is probably just coin flip maybe you bet the draft in this game I like I like the kill spread angle like you can probably get like XL minus two and a half at like plus one fifteen or something, and that's going to be like a lot better than, you know, just the money line or like plus kill spreads because there's no reason to bet plus one and a half. Watch, it's going to land right on the number now. Watch, by the way, Damwon, there, there was that happened this morning. Damwon covered a plus one and a half, or no, T, yeah, it was yeah, it was a plus one and a half or something like that. So, um, anyway, yeah, I I like Excel. John made it his pick of the week. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Next up, we have Mad Lions, minus 625 against Schalke, plus 382. Is this enough of a lottery ticket, or are you just not getting in the way of the Lions right now? What would it take for you What would it take for you to bet against the Mad Lions right now? Man, this goes against everything I believe in to not bet on Schalke here. Honestly. It's an honest test, right? It's a real test. God damn it. I'm gonna bet like a dollar twenty-five on Schalke, <laughs> just out of principle, because I'll just feel bad. Say you did. Yeah, man. Um, they look so bad. Like, please at least bring back uh, the eighty carry in X. I don't know this team. Odo Omni has looked just so bad. Like he, yeah. looked, we talked about this a little bit in the Discord, but he was their rock. Like, he was doing well even when they were getting shit stomped. He was playing well. And now you could even go as far as to say he's the reason that they're losing because he's getting stomped. Like, he's getting his his butt kicked. Yeah. And, and I don't know what's going on, but he's just looked very awful. And without that consistency, I don't think any of the rest of the map can, can play well enough. Yeah, I kind of think this was – when we saw this team successful last season, it was when they were playing scaling two core. They would have a good – they knew how to close a game out. They didn't take a lot of risks that they didn't have to. They just played good fundamental League of Legends. Like, And then if they you know, if they got outclassed, they got outclassed. But they made you – they flyquested or origined where it's just like beat us. Get creative and beat us. And they were good enough to get by and get some wins at the end of the season. They were starting to – piece it together and be pretty solid by the end of the year. They weren't ever going to beat the elite teams, but like they were 
a competitive team by the end of the season. And they they it literally looks like they're playing in slow motion. Like I don't know if you get that feel too. Like I think I said that last week, but like it literally just looks like they're like five or ten seconds behind every play. And I don't know if like that's reason to expect them to improve. Like maybe they get better. But dude, I I, I I'm with you. Plus three eighty two and a best of one. Like it's really hard for me to say no to that, but I, I think I'm actually going to here. Mad Lions look unbelievably good. They look unbelievably good. This is the every you're right. The, I love fading hype in this spot, but Mad Lions look legit like world class. And Shalka look like a tenth place team. And Shalka have worse numbers than Rogue Warriors, so there you go. <laughs> um Yeah. This alright, next one might be interesting. So we have Fnatic minus 357 against SK Gaming plus 249. Do we believe in Fnatic? One, do we believe Fnatic will turn it around? Yes. Chris, do you believe Fnatic will turn it around? Yes. I have follow-ups, so we're, we're going to elaborate. I also think they're going to turn around. Two, to what extent will they turn it around? Uh, very sloppy and clunky. But eventually, after the second half, they'll look like the normal fanatic. Are they going to be... Is this a team that could make finals? Yeah. I, th- I think their upside's still there. Right? Yeah, like, they're, they're the same team. They're just going through a rough patch right now, right? Is that like the... like? I don't like so. And they, this is maybe we can dive into this just a little bit. I know, I know we're a little bit long, but but like with these best of ones, like how much of it is just like a mind game of like we're gonna do this just to show you we can do it, and even if we don't execute, you you still have to be like aware of it. Like, but at one point, do you draw the line to like we need to win games, like. How do you balance that? Like, I don't know. And and that's what I think is really tough to gauge about this team because, like, uh, I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, like, this is a team that I think does a little bit struggle with identity because, right, like, their support juggle are two of the most hyper-aggressive players in EU where their mid laner and AD carry are very much so we prefer to just scale to late game and do our damage, right? So, like, it is a very odd kind of, like, team composition, but, like... They've always made it work. Yeah, but, like, so how do we... I don't even know how to, like, hold anything against them because it's, like, I think they're more so just putting... throwing a bunch of crap at the wall so that people have to be very confused every draft. But it's, like, at some point, like, I don't know, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's... So, I think there's a couple things to unpack here. Uh, I mean, this honestly goes back to the best of one argument and why I hate best of one so damn much because you just get punished so hard for doing stuff like this um I don't want to say fanatic or sandbagging that's like kind of another situation like I think the the problem with the the western leagues and the problem with these best of ones is that we have an entire week to dissect two games an entire week to pick every little thing apart and criticize every little thing and sometimes it's just as simple as we think this is good and maybe they won 80% of their scrim games with, they got on stage and just happened to roll less than 20 twice, you know, with the Soraka or like, I don't think this is just the drafts. I don't think it's their ex- just that they're experimenting. 
They've also faced a really goddamn hard schedule. Now you can make that argument against, you know, for a lot of people in Europe because Europe's just deep. It's a good, good league. Then they came back, played the stock standard Aphelios, protect the Aphelios comp, and it didn't work. And they lost. Now, it was against a good team. So, like, I my, my approach to these best-of-one regions is look at what you have with this team. Do not – you just can't overreact to, like, two weeks. You just can't overreact to two weeks. You just can't do it. Unless you see, like, unbelievable, like, systemic red flag issues. Like, this team's not clearing words at objectives. This team doesn't understand that, you know, you can't, you know, dive into an Azir comp as five people without getting ulted out. You know, like, uh, like just, like, if you see certain things that I could, like, I identify certain things like this where it's just like, that that's a fundamental lack of understanding. I haven't seen that with Fnatic. I just think they've just been outplayed in a couple games. I think, so. so I agree to an extent, but... Would you agree that Nemesis just can't play this this clear and roam style? Like we, he's tr- he played TF and it wasn't good. He cost his team the game with a whack ass ult. Yeah, played the Galio, and it what frankly wasn't good. Like his taunts weren't that good. Galio is not hard. Yeah, like I play Galio I'm silver, but but like. It, it it's not his cha- his type of champion, yeah. right? He, he's not a he's a, a lane. He's like he's a control know, mage player. Yeah, the 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 typical frogging argument is nemesis. So like to me, that's what's concerning. It's it's not that there's like the little mechanical the little mechanical errors. It's that they're trying to assert this new style of like the jungle carry or you know whatever, but making nemesis kind of like sack his role. And he was very critical of Doinby for doing the same thing. So he's clearly not comfortable with the play style. That's what's concerning to me about the team. I think it's kind of interesting because it – I see, I don't look at it necessarily as a bad thing. Because, like, I think it's a team that's looking at the game right now and being like, this isn't going to change. Like, this is just the season. we got to adapt or die. Like, that. that's kind of how I'm looking at Fnatic right now. Now – a lot of people are like, oh, they're experimenting. He's like, I don't think they're experimenting. I think they're going through a, cha- a period of change. Like, it's against good teams. You just, it's you're not going to be able to rely on playing two core against good teams, especially in your like. Think about it. Look at look at Origin. Origin are the perfect example of this, right? Origin are a great team. Part of the reason they've struggled is they can't. They've struggled getting to that next level, right? They've struggled beating. Truly elite teams. Fnatic when they were good. G2. Now Mad Lions. Right? I mean, obviously they've had a couple wins this season. But, like, just – I'm talking in general over the past, like, two years, right? They've struggled with that. They haven't been able to get to that next level because they didn't push themselves to adapt to do it. You're starting to see that from Origin now, by the way. That they're, they're trying stuff out, which is kind of cool. Now, I think the bigger question is, like, at some point, does this disrupt your 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 flow, your momentum so much that it's a detriment? Like that that's the people that are saying that. I think that is the most solid argument against like all this stuff more than the actual stuff that they're doing itself. Like to me, to me, it's like, do you really can can you afford to do this with how competitive Europe is? Now, I, I to me, that's the argument against it. Like that's the good argument against against like all the weird stuff that they've been doing. Not that 
Don't argue against 80 carries for Rocket. Don't even argue against like the, the one and a half core comps that they've been playing. I don't even think that's necessarily a bad thing. You can agree or disagree. That's fine. Like, it's not, I don't think it's that bad. I think the comps that they've been drafting, you know, haven't been perfect, but they're good and they're creative and they're interesting. And I think they're powerful picks. They just haven't been winning with them. They've been out executed. And at some point, maybe you get back to your flow, but like, I don't know. I, I think Fnatic are going to be fine. I think G2 are going to be fine. Uh, and that's not just me being lazy. Like, I, I mean, you saw G2 le- like last week. Like, it's it, they're going to be fine. And I think it's I think it's just I think everyone's overreacting because they've played like three games. They've lost three games in a row. When's the last time Fnatic lost three games in a row? That I think that's the big picture here is everyone's freaking out because you have like two new hot teams. Rogues playing out of their mind right now. And Mad Lions look like a world class team at the same time as Fnatic losing to all like good teams. They lost three games in a row, which I can't remember the last time Fnatic lost three games in a row. Four. And, yeah. Four. Yeah, four. And then G two have lost a couple games too. Like everyone's freaking out because we've had two weeks where like the best teams finally lost some games in a row in like the last two years. Like, think about this big picture. Yeah, do I agree that there's there's a a you know, a changing of the guard or what do they call it? Like a paradigm shift going on, sort of. Not a paradigm shift, but like do I think the plate tectonics of the LEC are moving right now? Yeah, I do. I think there's some new Teams that are good, I think the whole league is stepping up. I, do, I I think everyone's way overreacting to all of this. Like, way, way overreacting to all of it. I think the question is, is though, how do we handicap that? Like, mm-hmm. how, how do we involve this in our handicapping where, like, where we're trying to figure out, like, are they going to continue testing, as you said, or described it, or whether they're going to kind of go back to something we know they're more comfortable and good at? You know, like a, a Senna bot lane or something, right? Like, how do we? That's that's what's tough for me. And with all this being said, I agree. Fnatic will bounce back, but I also think this line number is too big for I, SK. I definitely agree. Like that, just to bring it back to this, the the Fnatic SK. I I, I agree with you. I think SK Gaming they dropped one last week, but SK Gaming are doing like the Victory Five E Star thing. Like they're just playing this up. To, like they get it. I I legitimately think, and we'll do this as like a we'll have to do this like as an address or like a debate format or something for a show in the future. I really do think right now, when it's played well, it's the best. It's the and I don't think the the barrier of execution is as high as people think it is. I think you want to be playing these tempo drafts. I think SK have been pretty good. SK have also shown that they can do other stuff too. It's not just that. So I don't know, man. I, I, this number's too big. I hate to say it because I've been like I've been like defending Fnatic for the last like two weeks, and I'm gonna bet against them here because the number's just too big. Wait, you think SK plays up tempo? No, not every game. They've shown that they can. I got you. And okay. they like, and the other thing is too, like they're not just like they won't commit to like whatever their draft says either. So, I think I, SK just look good to me. Like they're not a bad team, and they're being Listen. priced like a bad team. Listen, AD gap, SK gaming money line. Crown Mike. Crown shot. <laughs> Here we go, Crowny. <laughs> um, Rogue, another good one. So Rogue plus 105, Origin minus 139. I'm going to start going through these because we've been running really, really long. So, um, Interesting match. Uh, two very similar teams. It's probably just take the dog because they're like the same team, basically. Yeah, what have Origin shown us to be favorite in this match? This is a Rogue all the way. I mean, 
I think they're both just. I, I think they're the same team. I think they're both really good. I legitimately like they're both the fourth place team and the fifth place team. Like, <laughs> like they're because I think Mad is past both of them right now in my head. Anyway, we'll see how that ends by the season, but I, I think Mad are going to be the real deal. Just take the money line. Just take the, whatever the if Origin was the dog here, I'd be taking Origin. I think they're basically the same team. Rogram may be playing a little bit better right now, but I think Origin also look really good still. So. Misfits plus two hundred five G two minus two eighty six. So Pinoy is starting um, the double of Slayer as he <laughs> as he tweeted out. Pinoy's fine. He's a fine player. He's been fine every time we've seen him. Uh, Perks obviously taking some time off, which is it's weird that he didn't two weeks ago. But I guess I can understand like when you're going through something that you just want to have some semblance of you know normal life still. So. Maybe he wanted to work through that, but now he's taking some time off, which is a good thing for him, I think. I still think G2 are going to win this game. I'm not. I just don't buy misfits. Like misfits do like nothing to excite me whatsoever. Like they're just so average. And I think like as Dan Dan's been better this season. I still don't think Dan Dan's very good. I think Wander's going to top cap this game so hard. Like I, I think the, I think honestly like Pinoy doesn't matter in this game. That's the way I look at it. That's what I was going to say. Like I don't think it matters. Uh, Kabe has been Misfits' best player. Dan Dan did have one game where he looked really good last week. I was happy to see. Yeah. Back. Um, but I do think like here's the thing. Like Perks chose this week to take off. Right, like seriously, like last week he had SK Fanatic. He wasn't taking the week off. Um, I think he chose like the week of Misfits Excel because he thinks his team can win both games without him. And I don't see any reason to doubt that judgment. Like Misfits does like hypothetically have the upside to win here, but I just don't see it. Like they just have not shown me enough. I agree. I think the only reason the numbers here is because Penoy's playing. <laughs> Oh, I didn't see where this opened. It might have opened at this number, and just nobody's responded to it yet. Chris, thoughts on this one? Uh, I'll be more interested in looking at from BFS angle. This might be a game where G two doesn't get that like crazy high score. Still. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. They might they might play more close to the vest a little bit. Right. It's a little bit less like the wild style, and like you know, Perks is a big part of their offense. I mean, so I don't know. Uh, or they just might be like, screw everything, we're G2, we're going to do whatever the hell we want. Yeah, maybe Punoi comes in and plays like <laughs> Zillion 80 characters, some nonsense, and he's like, oh, you know what? We've just gone full off the deep end. And then he uh, out cannon or yeah. some nonsense, I don't know. So I'm about this, but I'm expecting it to be a, a non-traditional G2 type of game because we had a great um, G2 output this past that reminded us why G2 still number one. Yeah. But other than that, it should be an easy G2 win. See them says Wani Bus on ten thirteen. Just saying. <laughs> uh, Rogue Saturday. Rogue minus two thirty eight. SK plus one seventy five. Is this an SK spot? wagons. <laughs> yeah. Is this SK Crownie? Here we go, Crownie. Yeah, this is. I mean, who the hell is Han Salma? Dude, Rogue has been so good though. <laughs> Very good, but he hasn't been crown shot so. Uh, dude, I don't... Oh, my God. Listen, Crownshaw is the Jackie love of this region. You might not be wrong. He's, he's, been, he's been nuts. He's been absolutely nuts. I agree with you. It's just like... 
I, Dude, I it is so Rogue have been Rogue have checked like all the boxes for me. I don't I don't know how long this team can play at their top end of outcomes. That's what I'm concerned about. But like I, I'm kind of in like a wait and see. I, I'm not gonna try to time the exit, you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't have an exit plan for my rogue stock, you know? Like I'm not like I didn't think it through that much. Like it's kind of like the Mad Lions thing, where it's just like I don't want to get in the way of this team right now. They just have the eye of the tiger for whatever reason. They just, Rogue are doing Rogue play League of Legends how I want to play League of Legends. Like they do, they're, they're they look really really good. I could understand SK here. I'm probably going to steer clear of this one, Chris. Yeah, I, I like Rogue. Like you mentioned, I, I talked with this with John last night. They play like League of Legends how it should be played at a top level. Uh, and that might be something that's like lowering their ceiling when compared to like the G two Mad Lions. But other than that, they would have been fantastic in NA. Just, oh yeah, they would. They would trash NA. Like besides Cloud Nine, I, I think they they would completely shit on North America. Like every team here. And Crownshot also didn't win me any bait money, so I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> the spite. I dig it. Vitality plus 184, Origin minus 256. Origin, don't lose two bad teams. And uh, Vitality's not a bad team, but Origin, don't lose two teams worse than them. Give me Origin. And probably the under. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like a 19 and a half total. Give me the under on Origin. Uh, Misfits plus 153, Mad Lions minus 208. Mad Lions, what? This is the this is my pick of the week. I, so, I'm sorry. I'll for... give you 208. I'll give you 208. Yeah. Oh, it, did it change? No, 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 it's it's two hundred eight right now. But like, I normally oh, yeah. say it's got to be better than minus two hundred. But if it's close enough, yeah. it's it's. Sorry for the listeners, this is three weeks in a row. But like, if these books just keep disrespecting this team, literally, just just put your house on it. Yeah, yeah. This is the dumbest number I've ever seen. Like, Misfits is is uh, what is this? G two is minus two eighty six. Mads minus two hundred eight. Those two teams right now are not that far apart at all. Yeah. At all. Also, misfits aren't very good. Just look, look, ignore these numbers. Look at these two teams. These teams play ten matches. How many games is Mad Lions winning? Eight, eight nine. like minimum, right? Yeah, like eight or nine, right? Yeah, this is a slam dunk. I'm, I'm with you, Chris. Agree. There's really just this is just bizarre to me. How what? What? I love Mad Lions. I, I actually love this team. They're so fun to watch. They, you want to talk about a team checking all the boxes, man? That team is like literally doing. They can't do anything wrong to me. Like they just. Well, the the thing is, they are I think the only team I've seen that does it from draft through the end of the game. Yep. Like I fall in love with every single draft that they construct, and then their gameplay is just like they always are aware of their win condition. They always are aware of when when they're spiking compared to their team or to their opponents. Like. They always understand where they can pressure objectives and when they can't, when they need to trade. Like they know how to, they know what they need to do to win a fight from a specific yes. position. They're so, they they are incredibly smart, which is Incredible. it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing to me that a group of young players like that, they look like a team that's been playing together for like three years. Like for real, they do. They, I mean, some of them have been. They played academy, I guess, but like or EU masters, but like. God, they're 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 wise beyond their years, but they're also like they play like young players. Like they're confident and they're willing to experiment with. Like, I dude, they are they're 
five braining, four thousand IQing every draft. It feels like they feel like fanatic from last season. Honestly, they feel a lot like that team where it's just like everything's firing on all cylinders, like everything. And you know what's crazy is I could see them getting better. Like, what if the individual players step up even more? I could totally see that. Arome got better. Romy's been nuts this season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mad two minus two eight. That's slam dunk. Fanatic minus eight thirty three. Shulka plus four sixty one. This is the fanatic test. Anybody that's shit talking fanatic is going to be putting some money on Shulka. I don't want to hear it. You have to though, right? Like any team plus four sixty one against anyone in a best of one. Yeah. Like I don't care if it's if it's the the wash up one tricks against G two. <laughs> It's my team, by the way, for those that don't know. So, uh, I probably will do like a three quarter, one quarter split kill spread money line. Cause this is going to be like, I mean, I, I didn't check, but like, this is going to be like a, an absurd kill spread. This is going to be like nine and a half or 10 or something like that. Let me take a quick look real fast. It's crazy though. If you bet on the previous map that I shot, you should probably just show the fanatic shot. Oh, this is. No, it's 461 still, so... Yeah, this kill spread is going to be... Alright, let's see. That's yeah, not going to pull it up right now. Um, yeah, I don't know. Lottery ticket on Shaka or nothing. Don't bet Fnatic here. G2 minus 455. Josh had to jet for just a couple seconds. Um, he's passed on G2. Thoughts, Chris? Yeah, I don't think you can bet this one. Even if it's with Hanoi, I Excel doesn't have an advantage or anything. Too. Yeah, I think G two minus four fifty five, Excel plus three hundred one is the number. So yeah, I think probably a pass or kill spreads if you're going to mess with this one. LCS, run out of gas here. Let's power through. Um, Hundred Thieves minus one twelve, Golden Guardians minus one nineteen. Does the new look hundred thieves have a shot against Golden Guardians, who have been very feast or famine? I actually kind of, I kind of like the Golden Guardians play that way. I don't know if you you feel the same way. I like that they play like they're they they know who they are and they play who they are every game. Yeah. That was as boring as it is from a viewer's perspective. I mean, you know, that's that's. Winning is all that matters. Yeah, I kind of feel like every Golden Guardians game is like sort of decided in like the first ten minutes, right? Yeah. Like either they're gonna like get behind and just die a slow death, or they're gonna, or they like snowball and they win in twenty five minutes. Yeah. That's how it feels to me. I don't know. like. I probably like Golden Guardians here, but if I could see liking the changes Hundred Thieves made, maybe mm-hmm. burst of energy kind of situation. Doesn't it? It feels weird that this is close to even money, right? It is, um, and I don't know if it was like that before the announcement. Of the yeah, I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head what it was, but um, yeah, we're on 100 Thieves Golden Guardians, Josh. I didn't know. Do you think the changes make a difference, enough of a difference? I don't. I think um, at this point, I think anyone's an upgrade over Stunt, and I kind of believe them that Boom is an upgrade. Um well, I said that, like, I don't think Contracts is an upgrade over Medios. I don't think if he is worse, it's that much of a step off. Like Chris said, like, Medios has been pretty average. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just I'm not changing my idea of the team too awful much in my mind. 
And I think that, uh, like, here's the thing. Rioma has looked good. And if he's the weakest link on this team and he's looking good, like, why, why should I be doubting them? And I'm also a little bit of a GGS hater, so maybe there's that baked in, but I don't know. I, it's just, we- it, it just feels weird to me that this is close to even, right? Yeah, I think they're... Like, wouldn't Golden Guardians be, like, moderate favorites here in most situations? I think that's what it is on my side. I'll, I'll pull it back up, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it should be when you think about it. Uh, just because, I think, installation, you got to take into account just installation of new players. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think GGS minus 125, 100 Thieves, minus 110. So I was all over 100 Thieves at those odds, personally. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I normally love to. I normally love planning a flag in these kind of situations, but I just don't know because, like, I I kind of like Golden Guardians. I know they have flaws, but I don't know, man. This feels like a, like this feels about right. I'm probably just gonna pass. Uh, CLG speaking of best of one, CLG plus five forty two against Cloud Nine minus eleven eleven. Like. <laughs> This is winning this game. What's up? CLG wins this game. You think so? Yeah, like... Are you just psyching yourself up because you could put a beer on it? <laughs> no, like, 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 C9, have they not been close to losing? They've, they've been closer to losing, like, three games this split than their closest game last split, it seems like. Like, they're... And CLG has shown us something. Like, they, they are a team that... Seems to understand who they are. Yeah, I, I don't think CLG are a bad team, but I do think that they're in that, you know, no like that shitty mediocre True. zone in North America, and like, yeah, that's fair. To me, this is like, how likely do you think Cloud9 are to win this game? Do the odds equate? Put a lottery ticket on CLG. I think I've been playing kill spreads in these big underdog situations, and I think the current metagame when you have totals that are like twenty and you get a nine and a half point kill or a nine kill spread, like what the 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 margin of error for the the opponent to or for the the favorite to cover that is like so small, like anything goes wrong and they're not covering. So I've actually been like those have been some of my best bets in North America. This split is just taking. You know, close your eyes special. Take plus eight and a half, plus nine and a half kills. You know, pay up to like a buck thirty for like plus ten and a half because that seems to be like a pseudo key number in League of Legends. <laughs> but I've been doing like a lot of work looking into that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I see where that is because CLG like are a functioning League of Legends team. It's not like this is like a like last season's Victory Five or something. Like they are a professional League of Legends team. They have real players. They could win a game. I don't think it's very likely. Saturday, Golden Guardians plus 150, TSM minus 204. I wanted to take Golden Guardians here, but, like, TSM look like they're starting to round into form a little bit. Speaker's, dude, I hate to say, Speaker's actually been pretty good. Not great, but he's been pretty good. He's impressed me. Yeah, he he's looked pretty solid. Um, I think the, I mean, I think the MVP from last week with Biofrost, that blitz hook from... Man, God, I, I actually liked that draft a lot. I love Blitzcrank. I think Beal should be playing it more. It's such a good punish into like Thresh and Aphelios and Tom Kench and like all this other. You just grab the Tom Kench and kill it. 
Like, I know he's tanky as shit, but you can just kill him. Trundle. Yeah. You just grab a trundle and kill it. Like, all this stuff, like, these these champions can't dodge anything. You just kill them. You just pull, you just, you just grab, you just grab and fight's over. You know, like, that's it. Like, so, it's so simple and beautiful, and I love that champion so much that it's like, yeah. Um, this is a lot, but I think TSM probably won this match. No bet for me. Any Golden Guardian support? This is, I mean, 150 is kind of juicy. Mm. Not enough. I'll think about it. But if you asked me this last week, I probably would have been on Golden Guardians with TSM. Speaker keeps impressing me. Maybe you fade the Speaker hype and he regresses back to the norm. I don't know. I feel like it's uneven. Like, you'll have a game where he's, like, amazing. He stand out in games where, like... But he hasn't had, like, any bad games. No, he doesn't have any bad games. He's had, like, mediocre games, but that's, like, fine, because we were... I mean, we said that before the season, right? Like, if Spika can upgrade a little bit, and he's just, like, a mediocre jungler, the the lanes on this team are are good enough that you're just going to be, like, top four. You know? Like, worst-case scenario, top four. So, yeah, I don't know. I like that. 100 Thieves are minus 204 against Dignitas. This is two new teams. What the hell? Give me Dignitas. Why the hell? 100 Thieves is new. They've These are two teams marching out new lineups. Why is one minus 204? They're not even good to begin with. This is dumb. Now, listen. Make no mistake. You could flip tails here. You're sure. not allowed to be mad if you flip tails, but like this is a fifty-fifty. Take the plus one fifty. Don't think about it. This is a close your eyes special. <laughs> Actually, it's not even because both these teams are brand new, basically. So, give me Dignitas. Don't overthink that one. Just value, value town. FlyQuest. This one's good. FlyQuest plus one twelve. EG minus one forty nine. I think this is probably the match of the week. Then there's one on Sunday that's pretty good too. Uh, EG looked good, man. Mm-hmm. Uh. They're, like, finding the right balance between being themselves and, like, reeling it in. You know, like, they're not they're not getting too wild. They've been really disciplined for the most part. Jazuke uh, seems like he's sort of adapting to the, the metagame pretty well. I wasn't sure if that would be the case with him. He's awfully specific champions right now. I, I still think I'm going to be on FlyQuest here. I think these teams are pretty even. I think EG's better right now. But FlyQuest are a fundamentally sound enough team that I think that you could just lose a game to them if, like, even as a good team. This is, I mean, this is like the the, the same argument we've had with FlyQuest forever. Like, EG undoubtedly has a higher ceiling than FlyQuest, but FlyQuest has a much higher floor. And to me, like, in in the best one, like, it, it is, it's a balance of the two, but, like, give me the underdog in that case. Yeah. Right? Like, whoever's the underdog in that case gave it to me at the, at the plus money. Um, and I also think, like, uh, I mentioned this in the Discord, but, like, PoE has made now one error in the past two splits, and it cost them the game. Yep. Because he got caught out trying to TP to bot lane. If he completes that TP, they win the team fight and they win the game. Yep. Simply put. But he got caught out by DeMonte with a gold card and, and got killed, and they lost the game. It's a good play by DeMonte, too. Don't yeah, great sorry. play. Yeah. Great play. But uh, I think, like, he, he just – he doesn't make mistakes, and like Jazuke kind of relies on that, right, to, to get ahead. Yeah, Poe's not a guy that's going to give you anything. Flyquests are just so rock solid, man. Like, 
FlyQuest are like the FlyQuest are like Disney, man. It's just like it's just always there. It's just always good. <laughs> like it's. I would have said McDonald's, but okay. yeah, McDonald's or or Apple, whatever. Like, actually, not, like they don't have the upside of that. They're just rock solid. They're just there, you know. Like they are a staple. Even in that loss, you saw a game plan that they minimized their. They they gave them every chance to win. They still played really well. I like how the Orn was built just to take on two. Was it the Orn? Whoever was on the top lane, and it, it, they kept the 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 two that wanted to kill him from killing him, and that gave FlyQuest every chance to get into the late game. But of course, Golden Guardians eventually. Yeah. Yeah. They they play good. I like to call it proactive defense. Like they don't just sit back and hope that you don't win. They make they do the right things to delay you. They'll they will figure out which dragon to fight over. You know, like they're not gonna let you just snowball three drakes and then like pressure them into soul. They're gonna pick one of those first three to fight for. And they almost always do. Or they just steal it themselves off of a off of a two v two. So give me fly quest here. I think this should probably be even money. Yeah, I do, I do just want to touch on it. We talk about Solo every week. Last week, that Orn build on Solo was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He went more Warmogs and Solari, both like very five-head plays. Yeah. Um, you don't see a lot of Orn players doing. It, it made a, a crap ton of sense. So, like, just give him some love there. Like, actually a very, very smart yeah. player in that game. Solo's been good. Kind of and- nice price. If Evil Genius decides to give another like crappy mid laner to Jisuke, it's a lock. I just just don't give him karma. It's, it's not, dude. People have been complaining about that, but all the best mid laners have been playing it. I all know of them, and we I, don't have to like it. But if it's no, good, it's good. It's a personality thing, though. Yeah, it just feels bad. It feels bad watching it. That's why. <laughs> you know his propensity of wanting to make something happen early and often and always. Yeah, I mean, we see Doimbi play. I'm not calling Jazuke Doimbi. We see Doimbi play, and he's making shit happen with the karma early. I'm not bashing on the karma. I'm bashing on karma on Jazuke. That's fair. That's fair. But like, so, like, here's the question: This is another fanatic issue, though, right? Like, I think they should be doing this because if they show it, you have to respect it. A little bit, but like. So, like, with Jazuke, and this is my question just about these types of mid laners. Like, why uh, – who's the other one? Misfits. Uh, Febby. Febby's the same lane. Like, why don't you just always put this guy on an assassin? Like, what's the downside to it, right? Like, an assassin has a place in almost every team comp, right? Like, why not? Sort of. Um, it depends on how much upfront – assassins need upfront damage to be okay. effective. Unless it like LeBlanc is the exception to that because she is her upfront damage and she can poke and she can team fight because like she's kind of a weird like she actually scales better than a lot of people think so because all she needs to do is she is she just needs to go one for one so it's pretty easy for her to get in and out of fights unless they have a ton of hard CC so well, we saw Faker fall victim to that today but um, yeah you also just can't do it every game because if it starts to get predictable there's stuff that you can do against it too. You can start playing Maokai instead of Orn. You know, like, if that ends up being the case, like, there, there's a lot of easy adjustments you can make. Play Tom Kench instead of Thresh. Play, uh, like, just stuff like that that can make their job extremely difficult. I also think that not every assassin is built the same way. Like, not every assassin fits into everything. Certain ones. I think LeBlanc fits into pretty much everything. Um, that's why she's a priority pick. You can't pick Cassidy in every team comp. Uh, 
some of these weirder ones that you don't see very often, like Zed and all those, like they're just weaker champions in general. Like they're just inferior champions. You can't Talon like. Even Di- like I Diana. think Diana. Diana's like I think Diana's the, the interesting one is that uh, she can kind of play team fight and side lane, which is That's- interesting. Yeah, Diana's the one I had in mind that like I would love to see him play because it seems like his style of champion, but can still offer a lot in team fights where she's like basically a human Oriana shockwave, right? Yeah. So, and that seems like more Jizuke. Echo but, is another one. Like I think Echo, like those are the three assassins that are like viable right now. I don't call Cassidy an assassin. Like he is, but he's not really because he doesn't have that play pattern, right? Like, Cassidy's play pattern is, like, I'm not an assassin, but I'm an assassin 25 minutes into the game, right? Cassidy is just a half champion until he gets two items, right? So, and it's just a matter of, like, speeding him up to get him there. Whereas, like, when I when you say assassin to me, I think assassin is I'm making an impact early and I'm making it really difficult, like, from the get-go and I'm getting out of lane or making the 1v1 extremely difficult. So, yeah, a little bit of side tangent there, but... Yeah, I don't know. I I think I think people overreact to that kind of stuff. Like I I th- people want to see certain things from people and the fact of the matter is like at at a certain point you just have to play the good champions and Karma's really really we've seen people have seen how broken Karma is. Like you've seen it when she gets two items and like you know level 11, they pick up a cloud drake or two even. It gets it's it's out of control. Like you just can't beat the team in a fight anymore they could have one carry and it doesn't matter you just like no one's taking damage so feels a lot like the soraka that's what it is it feels a lot like soraka so it's like hidden power liquid minus 435 immortals plus 286 are we taking a shot on immortals academy against liquid i'm not i'm out Immortals academy did look good i'm happy for those guys that they they looked good they took and and they kind of i mean they took it to cloud nine for about three minutes and (laughs) they got out of control but um, oh, that was a stomping. Oof. Um, how about Dignitas? Five fifty one against Cloud Nine. Cloud Nine is just gonna be minus eleven eleven for the rest of the year. But but like this is what I'm talking. Like, why the hell would you ever have Dignitas plus five fifty one if you can miss CLG plus five forty two? Yeah. Right. Like, in what world are they not? Maybe what? the new players help. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying. I'm trying. I'm throwing it out there. No, I agree. It's just like, why? Why would I ever bet Dignitas there if I can just bet CLG, who's a tier at least better? Yeah. I don't know. This is just a question of, like, like we kind of fell into this trap last season where it's just like, you can try to keep throwing darts against Cloud9, but, like, if you only hit one of them, like, at what point do we have to start questioning, like, are Cloud9 going to lose one game or two games, you know? Are they going to lose four yeah. games? Are they going to lose six games? Like, I mean, honestly, right now, I'll be shocked if this team loses more than two games this season. Shocked. Yeah. Since John's not here, I'll just put it out there instead. Um, this is, like, the weekly call to, like, if you if you want to play against, you know, just do it in DFS. Yeah. Instead of because, like, you'll get way more than five to one in DFS than you would. You're going to get 5-1 if you bet against them, but you'd get way more in DFS, so, so just do it in DFS. Agreed. Uh, FlyQuest plus 1-3, Liquid minus 137. NA's got pretty good matchups this week. Um, this is... It's probably just FlyQuest again. Like, I, I want to say Liquid. I think Liquid's going to be better. But... Maybe this is a pass. This feels right to me. Does this line feel just about right? 
Yeah, I, this one to me is a TL bet, just comparative value. Like, I don't think TL is worse than EG, even though they lost that game. And if I agree, we're getting 12, like 12 more points on TL, it just makes it comparatively makes me want to bet TL. Um, and I know that's not always the right way to go about handicapping by any means, especially in best of one regions, but that's kind of how I feel about it. Like, I, if I was going to bet the Flyco's underdog, I'd rather do it against EG. Yeah, I think that's that's the way you got to frame it. I think yeah. that's the best way to put it. Um, I think I mean you could justify either side of this though, right? Like Chris, what do you think on this one? Yeah, I, I really the initial gut reaction was how fly bus plus value. That should be an easy, but when you think about it, it it gives me pause, and that's why once I have that feeling, I'm just like this is a no bet. <laughs> it's it's. These are very two good teams, and it's close. Yeah, like I think you got to kind of treat this like a like a fanatic versus origin. Now the question is: Are Liquid a fanatic or a Mad Lions? Because FlyQuest are like definitely origin rogue mold. They're not that quality, but they're like that mold. Mm-hmm. Do Liquid outclass them enough to to justify being big favorites? Is the question. So they're not. I mean, this is a small favor. This isn't a big favor, but. Uh, I think if you're going to play Liquid, play kill spreads. Oh, yeah. you, I mean, we saw a couple games. Don't be thrown off. Last week we saw a couple games where the winner had fewer kills and stuff like that. That does not happen very often. So I would look to play like Liquid, you know, minus alt total, like minus four and a half, minus three and a half. You probably get like plus 100-ish on those, and I think that's a little bit better. So um, I don't know. I think you can go either way on this one. I think this line's actually about right. I do think Liquid are better, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. Cla- uh, CLG plus one sixty two, TSM minus two twenty two. I mean, if you're going to bet against TSM, I kind of think you're better off with. Gold- I think Golden Guardians have a better underdog profile, just in general, like how they play. I think uh, CLG. Lo- I mean, we don't know. It's early in the season. CLG could have tricks up their sleeve, but CLG to me look more like they're a little more predictable. Uh, like they're introducing less variance to the game, but like I like what you said is right though. Like if you if you want to fade TSM in a game, just pick one of these two. I think you could justify either. But like once again, is CLG worse than Golden Guardians? Like, I like all right. I personally like Golden Guardians more in the role of having to play up. If that makes sense, like I think Golden Guardians have a better chance of upsetting a Cloud Nine than CLG do. Hmm. I don't think they're necessarily a better team. They're a different team. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, to me, it makes no sense that CLG is farther away. Like CLG is less, more of an underdog against TSM than Golden yeah. Garden. I mean, like, you think it's like the same tier, basically. Well, yeah. Like, I just don't see it. Like mid lane and top lane are both like 100% in the favor of, of CLG. If you go GGS versus CLG, so like I don't get it. I guess that's. I mean, it's reasonable. Like, I mean, really, end of the day is like, are you going to go against TSM here? Is that enough value yeah. for you? So like, plus one sixty two is tough. Like, I think so. I think it's a bettable be- just because a we talk about TSM drafts and b like I just think Cobalt is really good right now, and if Bjergsen does some whack nonsense in the mid lane again. I, I think he could take it. Dude, Bjergsen Zillion's been banned almost every game. How great is that? I love Sindra it. Sindra and Zillion banned every I game. I love it. I love it. 
He's probably sealed. I'll probably just pass this one. I think TSM are still kind of a class above. I just don't know if minus 222 is too much. Probably is. EG, last game of the week. EG plus 369. Evil, or no. Evil Genius is minus 588. Immortals plus 369. Or Immortals Academy is going out again, presumably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing for me on this one. I mean, EG are sort of high variance. So, like, I think there's a reason. What's up? I don't hate an IMT shot just because, like, somehow it's Smithy could win this jungle battle. Like, I don't think he'll win, but, like, 369 is probably too much. too much. Yeah, it's too rich. I agree. It's probably just, like, a quarter. Like, just something, you know. All right, pick of the week. Uh, last week I had Team Dynamics, minus 120. Uh, Chris, I'm sorry, you had anything on that one? Nah, I mean, it's a no bet. Don't touch it. Evil Genius is going to stomp. Got it. <laughs> team Dynamics. I had Team Dynamics minus 120 against Hamwad Life. John missed on top esports minus 1.5 against EDG, which I agreed at the time and ended up take, buying some back on, actually. <laughs> uh, I took some EDG. Uh, Chris, unfortunately, missed on KT plus 187 against Damwon. And Josh hit Mad Lions, minus 135 against Rogue. So that puts us to a total of 38 and 34 on the season. I'm 14 and 5. John is 10 and 9. Chris is 4 and 12. Calvin was 6 and 4. Josh is now 4 and 4. And we are all plus 10.22 units on the season so far. Um, I'm kind of ahead of the pack here, plus 8.03. You guys got some catching up to do. I'm done. I'm slaying it. I wish my pick of the weeks were more like my actual betting record this season. But, uh, yeah, so there's that. Uh, So, pick of the week. Who wants to go first? I haven't found mine yet, to be honest. John John gave his – it was Excel minus 103 against Vitality. So, that's John's. We talked extensively about that one. Since I've I've talked about it before, but I'm limited to just the Western regions – and Matt, like, and I've done this for two weeks. I'm doing it for a third week in a row. I'm going back to the Mad Well, but minus two away versus Misfits is just such a stupid line. It should be at least minus three fifty or something like. Yeah, I hard agree with that. And normally we try to keep this like Reddit pick of the week style, where it's like two hundred or better. But this is close enough and feels kind of like a shoebox bet to me. So, <laughs> um, well, as shoeboxy as the best of one can be. Yeah. So. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, Chris, you got one already for this week? It's still hard to figure out. Do you have one? Yeah, so I have... Let me see. I know the one that I liked a lot. I guess I'll just go with the initial one that I liked a lot, which was... uh... I like E-Star. Actually, I like both E-Star matches. I think... E-Star Moneyline Parlay, you won't. You won't. I kind of want to do that. No, I'll just – I'll say E-Star. I don't know. My Dragon X is free money against Solar One. It's like free money, dude. Like that's – oh, my God. So is KT Rolster money line against Solar One. Noticing a pattern here, guys? Just hate on the Soul Haze. Um, give me E-Star plus 153 against Victory 5 money line. I think they're going to get it done. I think I think Victory 5. And then I'm going to be able to buy back some Victory 5 after they lose that because everyone's going to be like, oh, see, they're mortal. And then I'm going to slam them the next match when they win that one. So 
there's no way that they win all three of these, right? Right? No, they didn't lose. They lost FPX, so that's <laughs> um that was a great series, by the way. <laughs> so right. yeah, I'll take I'll take E Star money line against Victory Five. People are gonna hate me for it. This I'll take Rogue One of Five against Origin. I don't hate that. I think that's good value. It's it should be good value. It's just that I know that I will lose. <laughs> so you're on road. Making money if they go against my pick of the week every single time. Tell me right now. You've had good. I mean, last week I think you were you were chasing a little bit, but I think for the most part you've had decent decent shots. Yes, you have so. All right, so um, that's going to be it for us this week. We ran extremely long, I know, but uh, I, I kind of cut away the things that I wanted to. Do. I wanted to introduce the line histories for every region, but I'll try to get around to that next week. We ended up taking a little bit of time on that top ten topic that I didn't think we'd get to, and we'll look into the, some of the ones um, for next week. So I think that's it. Unless you guys have anything, anything else to add. I think we're going to get on out of here. Everybody, good luck this weekend and enjoy the games. A couple good ones on this weekend. So, Absolutely. Uh, hit us up. Obviously, hit the, the Discord up. Hit us all up on Twitter. Uh, Chris running his show week, uh, multi weekly now or multi, multiple times a week now or once just once a week. I'm trying to get the regular like preview of the Western regions um, on Tuesday and then on Sunday we get the tilt. Everyone's invited to jump on and tilt about like your bad bets or your bad or tilt about you know how teams start. Stupid in the way they replay. You're welcome to be on Worry Twisted Fate. Why do I call it Worry Twisted Fate? Is the WTF show? <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! I just put that together. <laughs> oh, that's such a good idea. The, the tilt is such a good idea. We gotta do like, you do like phone, like radio show style, just have people like oh, if you want call, to call in and everything. That sounds like such a good idea. I dig it. So yeah, so check check Chris's stuff out. Check us all out on Twitter. We're all really active. Hop in the Esports Department Discord. Super active every day. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Enjoy the games this weekend. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.